camera on every scene. Last time! You guys got shipped off to Marat County. Basically the rural Kansas of Taldor. <laughs> sent out into what is functionally just farmland. Some forests and some fields further inland in the heart of the nation at the behest of Princess Eutropia. She has land there. She has a palace, in fact. The Palace of Birdsong, which you are now in at this very moment. And she needs that back. With the Imperial Palace and Apara on lockdown until a proper successor is crowned. Until a proper successor <laughs> is crowned. Bear with us. New science we're doing here today. Let me check mine real fast. Yeah, that reminded me to be mine. Yeah. I keep getting so, the wrong number because they keep asking for somebody that's not me. Anyway. She has no land with the Imperial Palace on lockdown. Uh, she has nowhere to settle as a base of operations from which to launch her, uh, her adventures to try and take the throne back. To try and take the throne that she, at this point, now technically, legally, should have. As before the Exaltation Massacre, the Senate did officially overturn Melody Primogeniture. She should have the crown. But, in light of that Senate session ending with a mass slaughter, and all reports on what happened there conflicting from various sources, and for nearly every... Whoops, this is what for. for nearly every one of the senators present, every one of the major senators for the various counties, claiming that they should be the ones to rule Taldor, that they should be the ones to take up the primogen crown and lead the nation. It's not as easy as just walking back into the palace. She's not being allowed in any more than any of these other almost random senators. And so, she needs your help. She needs the palace of Birdsong. She needs you to retake her land from its current stewards, Martella Lothian's family. Kind of an interesting wrench, as she's the one that hired you all in the first place during the Exaltation Gala when, you know, the things happened. So that's where we left off. You had just arrived in Murat that same morning, taking a few hours in a guest uh, townhouse to clean yourselves up, get changed, get dressed, etc. And to get yourselves ready to head into the Tanager Jubilee, a two-day celebration out in Murat County. Two-day annual celebration out in Murat County. That seems to be just how we kick off adventures here in War for the Crown. Uh, first, the once-per-year Exaltation Day celebration, and now the once-per-year Tanager Jubilee. Hopefully, in a perfect world, this one is going to go better than the previous party. Because the previous party didn't end well, is how I'm just going to go ahead and say that one. Let's go with didn't end well. So you're inside Bartleby Lothian's Palace of Birdsong. You are... Let me bring this over. Here. And you've been walking around just kind of killing time until the joust starts. Uh, the Jubilee is a kind of a sporting event as a 
noble party out in farmland is wont to be. I don't know if you guys have ever been to, like, a family gathering in Kentucky. <laughs> but it's a little different from what they had in Opara. So, of course, the first main event on the menu is a proper tournament. Uh, two of you, I believe, have already signed up to try your hand. Nell and Inori, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> I forgot I signed up for that. <laughs> you? Well, I did. I... So. <laughs> <laughs> you That's did, in fact, sign up. Go, All right, jeez. Sign up to do your best at the friendly joust they're hosting here uh, back in a couple of hours. And then you mm -hmm. tried your best, uh at a friendly game of billiards against Lord Titus Lothian. That went less than spectacularly. Or did it? I don't know. Depends on your goal, I suppose. Yeah. Depends on what you're after. But with you occupied trying to rub off on him a little bit and Baylor catching up with Baron O'Kara at the Exaltation Day Gala, that left us with Nell, Dara, and Kahina who were yet to take their social actions this round. Now, Dara and Kahina had walked into this sitting room off to the right of the entry hallway. Uh, just a very cozy, simple chamber, much less than the widespread uh, floors of couches and chairs out on the side of the ballroom. This is a much more intimate affair. A small circle of chairs around a an extravagant but simple table in a much, much quieter room. And inside is an interesting woman, actually. One that doesn't look like she belongs. Uh, she actually stands out quite vividly against the rest of the noblemen here. First of all, being a half-elf, of which there are exactly three at this gala, one of which is Baylor, <laughs> one of which is a player character, who gets to go hide in the GM lair and hang out with Baron O'Kara for the rest of forever because he's not here today. Uh, the other of which is the, what appears to be the man-at-arms of the Sergeant Seneschal outside that you briefly looked at and decided to move on from. And this third one stands out even from her half-elven peers. Uh, she seems almost kind of uncomfortable and perhaps even unwelcome to some of the other nobles around the area while in uh, keeping her in their just polite conversation or almost shying a bit away from her. She's very tanned and heavily freckled and beyond that visibly muscular, which even for sword fighters or duelists in Taldor is kind of uncommon for a noble. She strikes you as possibly not a noble. So we still have ours. Uh, so, yes. uh, you so... and Dara both still have your social actions. Okay. <clears throat> and as a quick uh, reminder on that, we are using the a, a slightly modified, kind of simplified version of War for the Crown has of the social influence systems from Ultimate Intrigue. So if you haven't seen that one, it's still in rounds. You have an action per round where you're walking around RPing. You are using your various skills to basically try to endear various people to you, to make them support your cause or even just to like you a little bit better. And that's what we're doing here. Okay. If you're wondering why actions are involved in walking around talking to people. There you go. Okay. Uh, I don't know how good the accent's going to be tonight. <coughs> and uh, unfortunately, he has a bit sick. 
So you've been traveling in a wagon for five days. Across the country, basically, so it's totally understandable. <laughs> um, so I would just, still arm in arm with Dara, just kind of notice this and, and pull over and uh, walk over and, and be like, hello! Hello! It's very nice to meet you. And, and then she... introduce myself. Uh, can you take your mic up a little bit? I know you're sick, just to, just to compensate for the being sick thing a bit. You can do it in the bottom left of this thing we're using. There's a, a little arrow next to the mic icon in the uh, audio settings, and you can turn your, just actually turn it up like 30% or so. Uh, so you introduce yourself to her, and she somewhat reluctantly rises up from the couch and uh, reaches out to shake your hand, actually. Kind of an untraditional introduction for a woman. And shakes yours and shakes Dara's as you introduce, uh, saying nothing. As you finish, she nods. Honorary Tribune, Honora Piscum. I believe you're the two taken over for me. Uh, you're the new Tribunes of Stockies, the Bettiniers. Yes, that that would be correct. Uh, what was your name again? It's just kind of nervous, right? A bit. Honora, not one for the big formalities. Well, Stockies is glad to have somebody looking after it once more. I hope that you're up to the task and will take the job, well, more seriously than your line has in the past. Um, uh, question. I have the one thing where I can get a piece of information out of a person. Can I use out that? Out of a noble. Oh, is she not a noble? This is the only person <laughs> at the party who is a meaningful NPC. This is the only one we can use on. Oh, you can no. use that on any other character at the oh, party. No. But uh, Honorary <laughs> Tribune Nora is not in any way a noble. <laughs> okay. Um... And so if we were to... There's a name for you. And you, uh, with your background, with your military background as a Talden patriot, you specifically, Dara, can tell that she is very much a working woman. Uh, whether a soldier or a farmhand out in Marat might be difficult to tell between. But she is not simply out of place among the aristocracy here. She seems to be entirely out of place even in a, a town as big as Lothidar, which is nowhere near Opara. Uh, she is much more in line with yourself than these noblemen here. Okay, so can I um, try and... Uh, I guess... You, you want to use I'm, your I'm, action? Yeah, I would try and use an action to... I'm not exactly sure what I would... Well, you got two options, because this is a, a... you. And as a recap again here, Bryn Bob, the player for Dara, is not only new to the social situations, he was new to Pathfinder as a whole, <laughs> as this is the, I believe, third session you've played in, <laughs> as you've uh, taken over the role of Dara here. So we... If you're not super familiar with any of these systems, have no fear, because this is going to be about half a tutorial stream as we're explaining things for <laughs> new players here. 
and uh, Mr. Shaw, the player for Kahina, also was not here for the last social encounter. So neither of them are familiar with these uh, influence mm -hmm. rules. <laughs> so with your action, you have two options right now because you don't have any like specific missions or anything to be doing. You can try to influence Anora by just picking a skill and hoping it works. Inadvisable, but you can if you really, really want to. What you're going to want to do instead is make what's called a discovery check. So in your time over the next 15 or 20 minutes of just talking to her, and in these social situations with the influence system, we do discuss like actual person-to-person -person RPing as much as you want to learn, but then just kind of hand wave you're hanging out just talking to her for 15 or 20 minutes, and that's what the role represents. Because these galas are... This is literally two days. So with a four-hour stream... <laughs> We'd get through... That would take bigger, 12 right? streams through the two days of the gala if we actually RP'd everything your characters are saying. It's just not feasible. Mm -hmm. So you introduce yourselves, you talk a bit. If you have something you want to know or something you want to know about them or something you've learned about them you want to bring up, we can go back into like actually talking character to character some. But as you get to know these people and move around with your, uh, your actions throughout the social rounds, it's going to get to a point... Where you're kind of going to be like, I want to go to Anora and throw an influence check. I'm like, that's fine. We've already spent 15 minutes role playing talking to Anora. Go throw a dice at her head. It, it just, for the functionality of moving the game forward, at some point it has to go there. Uh, but a discovery check tells you what dice to throw at her head. And that represents you spending your time not necessarily trying to get her to like you, but trying to get to know her. Trying to learn about her. So you can figure out how most effectively to get her to like you. Okay. So if you want to discover something, Dara, about Anora Pison here, you are going to be rolling either sense motive, and sense motive is almost always viable for discovery checks, or you are going to be rolling knowledge local. It is up okay. to you. It's usually knowledge nobility, but again, not a noble. So. All right. So first, um, I'll talk to her a bit. And I'll be like, uh, um, "So, uh, where are you? Where are you from?" Uh, I noticed that many people around here have a certain way about them, and it's welcoming to find someone of a different, more approachable status. Where Where were you from? And she, at this point, sits back down on the couch, just kind of nods to the chairs in front of her. Oh, take a seat. From yeah. stock, of course. I know this might be out of the ordinary to your type of people, but not everywhere can afford to just ship in out of town locals to oversee the or out of town nobles to oversee the area. When the late Lady Alice Bettany passed away governorship of the town passed to my husband and then after him I had to step up to fill the role born and raised in Murak County well that shows extremely strong character to be able to manage and deal with the types of people that I have noticed seem to accumulate in these areas well I care about my hometown a lot I care about stockies and its people, so no matter how much work the job takes, I'm on board. Now, you said, uh, Sir Rostam, it was. You don't, but you're clearly not 
from here. Don't mean to be rude, but... You don't seem accustomed to the Talden political game. I mean, you don't seem much like the rest of these nobles. Well, that is because I am not a uh, noble. I was not born a noble. I'm more a military man, and I, uh, I appreciate the type of work it takes to get things done. And I also agree with wanting to do what is best for what I am overseeing now. And I would really appreciate your input since you know the lay of the land. Hmm. I have to say, it's a welcome change. That's the first time I've heard of anyone of, any one of the noblemen say a word of caring about the common folk or even hint or imply that they don't know what's best for everyone here in Murak County. Especially those out in the outlying regions. Now, this might not be as bad as I thought. You seem like you got some experience around you, military or otherwise. Not sending a baby-faced little wizard fresh out of college in here to try and run things like he's got some kind of practical know-how. <laughs> and she sticks her hands, hand out again, uh, this time more deliberately. It's a pleasure to meet you, Sir Austin. The pleasure is mine. So and then, you... so yeah, I do want to roll a sense motive. <laughs> All right, so then roll me a sense motive check. So you just open your character sheet, just click on sense motive. Yep, there you go. That there. Oh, that's 16. You still got pretty good benefit to your, to your sense motive. Uh, with the 16, you get to learn something about Miss Anora here. And you have an option. You can either learn uh, what you can use to influence her, and you'll just get a random one of the checks that works to influence her to try and gain her favor. Or you can try to learn about her strengths and her weaknesses. Or strengths or her weaknesses. Her strengths are things she does not care for, things she does not approve of, and if you try to make her like you through that approach, it's going to be much more difficult. Weaknesses, of course, the opposite. What's the fastest way to Anora's heart? This still doesn't tell you what kind of a check you need to make, so you'll have to... The way these work out, because, of course, the two that are in this room are the two that were not here at the Exaltation Gala. Mm -hmm. uh, the way this generally works out is, together, you spend a couple of discovery checks to figure out what are good influence skills, uh, and then maybe what are somebody's strengths or weaknesses. You spend the first... I mean, this is Gala's two days. You have time. Learn about them and then try to influence them. But it's up to you. Where do you want to start? Do you want to learn what kind of dice you can throw? Or do you want to get strength, personality, strengths, and weaknesses? Uh, what kind of dice I can throw? All right, let's see. How many options does she have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She has eight, actually. So I will simply roll us a d8. And uh, in your time talking to her she is a very practical woman and her background in stockies is very humble you feel like just explaining that you do at least have some sort of practically applicable skills like a survival check would make it easier it would make her look upon you more fondly now kahina you're here as well 
while mm-hmm. Dara's talking to Honora. Uh, do you also want to use your action here? Do you have anything you want to add? Um, anything you want to ask the character? I do. Um, so, you know, she'd be listening in on this and then just hearing. And she did say that she took it over after her husband passed, correct? Oh, she said after her husband. Kind of yeah. implied, but she didn't directly say that, yes. Okay. Um, and then she's made the comment about the people, the nobles knowing that's best for the people. And so uh, I would chime in and be like, the people are what keep a land together. If you're not there to help your people, then you, you know, it'll just fall apart. I'm from a merchant family. And if you don't have customers, then you don't have, you don't have a business at all. So we very much would like to know what the people here need so that we could provide for them. So this would be a great place for us to have a family in the future and stuff. We're tired of the big towns. We want somewhere where we can live with the people. This is a lot the problem. And don't take this wrong. It sounds like your heart's in the right place. I understand that you're trying to help, but people aren't business. They're not cattle to be herded around. You can't run a town the same way you'd run a, a tavern or a blacksmith shop. It's what too few nobles seem to understand. Well, my what my wife is really mean, she really wants to empower the people. If they have what they need, they can empower themselves to do more. And then, yeah. That's the dream. That, but neither of you have ever taken over a responsibility like this before, have you? Which is why we are asking for your help. Well, I'll give it. Not for you. But so stockies can prosper and grow. That's the best thing that we can hope for. Isn't that dear? Isn't it dear? Yes, quite. I reach over and pat her hand. <laughs> so you want to try and uh, make a discovery yeah. check on... Yes, I would, I would here. like to do that. Click on me. Alright. Right. Sense motive or knowledge local, whichever you have the best. I know you are a bard, so it's totally possible you have either of them. Let's see, my I don't know if Wit gives up Bardic knowledge. And knowledge local. Yeah, we'll do sense motive. Okay. And uh, with a 24, Yay! you get to learn two things. Ooh, okay. You can, uh, and keep in mind, there is strength and weakness are a thing. So you could, like, they're one thing each. So you can either learn a strength and a weaknesses, or like a strength and an influence, or you can learn two different skills you can influence her with. Uh, it's up to you. You you, uh, you feel like as much as she doesn't necessarily like you, it's nothing personal right. against you. And uh, she seems at least hopeful that you guys will be a change. There's fresh faces coming from out of town. You seem to be different enough that she can hope that you'll actually be different. And she kind of opens up to you a bit and you can learn a bit more about her. Okay. Let me, let me get, let me get one, one dice to throw at her and one strength or weakness. 
Well, do you want a strength or a weakness? You get to uh, pick. actually, oh, I get to pick. Uh, can I, can I use get a strength and a weakness, or do I have to do? Yeah, that? if you want to use your your two yeah. as the strength and the weakness, yes. Yeah, let's do that. So, uh, Anora, and you you kind of pick this up from talking to you. The reason she isn't immediately warming up to you. And it uh, doesn't seem to be your, your to be your biggest fans quite yet. Is even as you step in to try to help her sit her uh, her town, is that she really has no respect for the nobles at all yeah. in Marat. And as that uh, as this conversation continues, it's not even so much the nobles as it is very specifically <laughs> Count Lothid. <laughs> and uh, anybody who tries to <clears throat> Uh, bring up or use Bartleby as a uh, as a way to like persuade her or anybody or to try to connect with her Marat is immediately going to prove to her that you don't know Marat County and you don't have its people's best interests at heart so do not <laughs> try to use Bartleby as a bridge with Lenora uh, on the other hand she is a country girl and she really, really, really likes homespun metaphors or colloquialisms. If you can just, in conversation, like comparing things to things that would make sense to the common people out here, to the peasants, to farmers, and have metaphors that would relate to their lives and their experiences, she likes that. She appreciates okay. to reach out. <laughs> So, so, so what you're telling me is dig out all the southern colloquial, colloquialisms I know and all the country ones. Bring out the y'all. It's time for y'all. It's for time for y'all. Y'all oh, Y'all look as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Exactly that kind of stuff is what she's a fan all of. righty. That uh, I can do, for I am from both, the deep south. So she both appreciates go. it. Because it means you didn't grow up exclusively on Para, <laughs> and also she thinks it's funny. So I need to make her biscuits and gravy, and yeah. okay, I'm down. Grits. <laughs> biscuits and gravy, oh my goodness. This is a thing I can that do. That's what I had for breakfast. That's what I had for breakfast. That was a good time. So, <laughs> anyway, that leaves us just with Nell Stalwart over here who has That's not me. taken his action quite yet. So you wandered into the little game room here off the side of the entryway as Anori was trying to play billiards against Titus and showed up just in time to see Anori not successfully play billiards against Titus, but she doesn't seem as disappointed about it as you might think. So what do you want to do? Would I have been here in time to hear him talk about uh, friendly duels? That was before the game, so that would have been a... That was almost immediately after you guys walked in here. Yeah, it was like the first thing he said, and then I talked him into playing. Probably not, no. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, the main reason I would have come in here is because I would have heard a very loud and obnoxious voice. Uh, Well, I don't think Titus is actually obnoxious enough to stand out at a party full of Murat nobles. (laughs) He is definitely obnoxious, and he's near the door, (laughs) though. So... There are a lot of loud and obnoxious and full of themselves nobles here, but I mean, this is definitely one of them. This is not going to be a fun party. <laughs> and you would, I mean, you could also, like, a billiards, like, playing billiards is fairly loud. Like, the balls yeah. clacking against each other makes a lot of noise. So you could definitely hear gaming happening in here that could draw you this direction. 
Okay. I mean, I definitely would have been in here long enough to at least see the latter half of the game. Yes. So. Titus here doing his Titusiest. He After looks like somebody I. Gaston. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Gaston. That was what we said. Last week, yeah. Gaston. Well. After seeing the the victory and whatnot, I'll give the general applause and congratulate him on his victory. Nothing special, just what everyone else in the room would do, I suppose. Yeah, he, he wouldn't say anything to you specifically. He just kind of turned him not a bit as he's just taking it in from the room, full of himself as he is, thoroughly enjoying, basking in his victory. I don't even need to roll to assume he likes to be complimented. I mean, you can also try and figure out strengths and weaknesses by how yeah. people act, yes. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to roll for those. I don't really want to spend a turn influencing him necessarily, but I would like to... Like, he, he's someone that I wanted to challenge to a duel. He's going to be in the jest. Okay. He would have been talking about that off and on through the game. Okay, well, if that's the case, then I mean, I'm fine. I'll I'll joust him and we'll have some fun. Uh, yeah, he's for definitely now... not the kind of person that's going to pass on pass on getting to sportingly beat people. Okay, I am not one for pool. Games of finesse are not Nell Stallworth's thing. No, probably not. Not at all. No, you can't really? bash the balls to the table with mallets, so it doesn't really sound exactly. like exactly. So after watching the show and having a little bit of fun, I will take my leave to talk to the meek young lady who has been avoiding everyone. Okay, so you make your way up to the corner here. And like I said, there's a lot more people here than there are actually icons on the map. But this girl over here, that you weren't following Dan Crab around earlier, so you didn't get the introduction. But uh, this girl over here is actually pretty much in a corner by herself. Uh, she's about the only one here at the party who has managed to pull far enough away to look visibly isolated. And uh, as you approach her, she is standing uh, with her hands folded meekly in front of herself, just kind of looking at the little bookshelf in the corner here, just looking over the various titles. Alright, I will simply just approach and ask if she's at least enjoying herself. She, she looks fairly uncomfortable, and I'm, I'm just checking on her. And she would, uh, she would turn to you as you walk up and start to, start to uh, engage her in conversation, looking almost surprised that somebody's coming up to talk to her. But she just briefly nods, looking at you. Well, uh, is there anything I could maybe do for you? Uh, just help you. You, you like, like I said, you just don't seem like you really want to be here. I don't enjoy seeing someone at a party who's not having at least a little bit of fun. No, this is, um, I'm comfortable here. Thank you. Oh. Well, uh, if she says she's comfortable, I will... Uh, tell her thank you for your time. Uh, uh, please. Before you walk off, uh, mm -hmm. as you're talking to her, she's kind of just like 
shifts a little uncomfortably in just like the five seconds that you've, yeah. uh, you've had her here. And uh, reaches down for a drink that she had on the table. And she, she picks up the wine glass almost kind of oddly. Like the way that she holds her, her thumb and her first few fingers, uh, the way that she seems comfortable holding something like that isn't natural. It's something that's very much practiced. And uh, with your ranks in perform painting, you would recognize how she holds these things is the same way that a canvas artist would train themselves to properly hold a paintbrush. And it's a fairly safe assumption that she is, if not good at it, very much interested in painting and has done a lot of it. And just from from what she's doing, I would rec recognize she's at least skilled with painting enough to bring it up. Probably, yeah, because she, she seems, uh, if there's any, for, for all the just reserved and reclusive she is here in the corner, she's very, very graceful and, and delicate. And with the way that she holds her hand and the control, the, just the general control she has over exactly how her hands move, She's probably at least decent at putting her thoughts on the canvas. Okay. Well, if I would notice that, then I would ask her if she's ever met or heard of the worship of Shayla. Not going in a religious aspect, more so pointing at the artistry that I've put on my body. Because same as Kalina. I'm the hardest three the... I have put on my body. <laughs> the shell and wearing icon. the very colorful, the very uh, painted and, and just standout-ish clothing. Yeah, and, and you have this, uh, it's a rainbow, really, like the rainbow bird, I imagine, that you have emblazoned on your breastplate here, if you're just playing mm -hmm. like the actual icon of Shellen. Uh, with yeah, I, I definitely would have painted that on there. Wrapping around across the entirety of the breastplate itself. And uh, she looks at it. And nods. Of course, yes, but our family and most of the, the town has always been dedicated to the worship of, of Abadar. But she's the goddess of painting and art, and I've always appreciated her uh, contribution. Well, she's like almost can... talking at the ground when yeah. she's talking at you. Well, very, I can definitely understand the worship of Abadar. Uh, not to push religion, of course. It's just you you seemed, the, the way you held your wine glass, you seem as if you're familiar with arts. And she looks down at her wine glass and just puts it back down, like almost kind of self-consciously and puts her hands back together. Kind of stalled in front of her. Uh, I, I what? I used to. I used to be a uh, painter. Yes, when I was uh, a bit younger. What made you stop? If you don't mind me asking, of course. I, I. Other interests, perhaps. Um. My mother has been terribly interested in uh, trying to get me to experience the world. I uh, 
I don't, I don't know. No real reason. Just lost interest, I suppose. Understandable. Family pressures can be hard to deal with. I've had a few from my own. I'm not a fan of the whole noble life, but here I am. And she uh, just kind of nods towards your waist or knees in general, still just <laughs> like she, she doesn't make eye contact <laughs> much while she's talking. And uh, she'll say, I, I, Have you met uh, my mother, D- Dame Crab? I'm sure she is uh, much, much more excited to, to meet you. I, I don't recognize you, so you, you must be not from Lothidar or Moose or perhaps Marat. You should talk to her. I actually did meet your mother, uh, momentarily, of course, uh, back at the back at the front entrance when we arrived. She was part of the greeting party, so to speak. Uh, they went off before I could uh, say much of anything to her, though. I, I simply saw her and mm, she said some things to me, but nothing special. Well, I uh, say a pleasure. Sir, um... Uh, you can call me Nell. I, I don't like the, the formalities. But I, I, uh... I, I don't want to take any more of your time than I already have. Well, I will... wish you a good rest of your time at the party, and hopefully I can talk to you at some other point. It was nice talking to you. And she nods and, like melts back into the corner almost. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like so bad for her. Trying to get slightly further away from the people and uh, out of this this doorway that's right next to her and like almost up like with her shoulder almost against the bookshelf now as she uh, goes back to looking over it. So I, I would like to roll my performance uh, the, the artistry painting uh, just to have a conversation about it. Okay. So, uh, if you want to make a check at her, which you can, you're gonna, that's you staying here and talking to her for, like, 15 yes. more minutes, so, like, she, you're still, if, you're, if you're, you're not, yeah, no, you definitely can, I mean, she's not gonna, like, run away from you. <laughs> like, you I'm can, just, I don't want her to literally just walk away out of being purely uncomfortable. No, she is not going, she does not she let, let, let me give you this slightly more directly she is try she's not literally gonna run away from you but she is very much trying <laughs> to, trying the to duck out yeah it's uh, melt into the wall this if you, tell you the homer simpson you, melt into the head <laughs> yeah. but if you want to stay with her and roll a check at her like again she's not gonna physically run away from you you can that's up to you you want to make a, you want to try to make an influence check with uh, perform or artistry painting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can go for it. Go make friends today. Pretty good. Go make friends today with a twenty-five. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you you do know a lot about painting. I mean, you painted your own breastplate. It is it is well done. It is not like this is far from finger paints. You are. <laughs> Like, this is... Uh, drinking is hobby one. 
painting his hobby too for mm -hmm. Sir Nell Stalwart here. And he has taken a lot of time and put a lot of effort into honing his craft. So you know a lot about it. And as you talk to the girl, who eventually you get a name out of as a Sepsinia, as you talk to Sepsinia, whose name is like halfway up. Yeah, that's why I had her here. I knew there was a reason I had her there. Uh, as, as you talk to Sepsinia, she also knows a lot about painting. Not even just like the basics, uh, more intricate things. Not, not even just like various types of brushes, but like the benefits of using like different types of tacklon or, or horsehair in the bristles themselves for different approaches or different types of oils and how they can like how they can blend together on a canvas or how it's different on a separate material like a breastplate she's clearly put a huge amount of time and love into painting possibly as much as you have which makes it all the more interesting as she seems to have just given it up mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like something you it like with her knowing so much it to me it wouldn't seem as if it's something she gave up when she was just a kid as she said she said when she was younger she didn't specify like as a kid or anything she just said when she was a bit younger which could mean anything so that's a one social action for everybody so let's have everyone go ahead and just uh, open your character sheets select your tokens and re-roll your initiative real quick just so we have an order for who we're going down for social actions here you still got about half an hour before the tournament. So you figure you got a bit more time to make friends and influence people as the case may be. That looks good to me. I mean, this is a good time to lo roll a whole bunch of really low initiative because you're not rolling against anything. It's just each other. So now, uh, as, oops, I didn't mean to close that. So as you remain in the corner here with Sepsinia, you talk to her for a while. Uh, you're trying to connect with her, but she doesn't, like, see, she's not becoming any less withdrawn. She's not really opening up. Uh, you feel as though she is still very much replying to you because she is physically in a corner. and <laughs> You are standing in front of her talking to her about painting. But, uh, the situation hasn't really changed, and she, at this point, has more or less resigned herself to this talk going on for as long as you wish to have it go on for. <laughs> has, he, has he walked up and like, you know, put the hand on the wall and like, <laughs> you're not going anywhere, are you? Hey, baby. you. Well, let me talk to you about painting. Let me talk to you about finger <laughs> paint. <laughs> this is rainbow. I did this myself. So as In my you basement. Are... <laughs> oh, that's not creepy at all. As you are talking to her longer, uh, Dame Crab comes down from the ballroom with a couple of other just various nobles and socialites kind of following around. And she sees you talking to her daughter. And immediately, Sepsinia sinks as far to the wall as physically possible. And Dame Crab is immediately excited. And uh, very, very, very happy. You're going to end up in an arranged marriage. Very happy <laughs> to see. Can can I sense motive that cringing into the corner? <laughs> I don't know what there is to sense that you could. Like if she's afraid or if she's nervous. 
It's cl it's not really either. It's she sees an okay. opportunity to stop talking to you Fair. because somebody else is gonna start talking to you, and she is seizing the moment. She is carpeing the hell out of that DM to get out of there. Gotta take your exits. Yeah, taking the note to exit and backing away as she can. But Dame Crab would, uh, immediately comes to you. Oh, Sir Stalwart, fantastic! I didn't have a chance to introduce you to uh, my daughter. I see you've met. Sapsinia, you, I, I only heard very, very briefly as I was coming over, you painted this breastplate yourself from what I could gather. You're a painter. Yes, yes, I do thank you for noticing. Oh, this is fantastic, beautiful. It, it's so rare to see the nobles from out of town, especially from a par where the scene is so active and so lively and everyone's always so busy trying to climb the ladder or get into this this family or that line to take the time to train themselves in a craft as noble as, as painting. Uh, you, walk with me. And uh, sure. she continues onward out into the hallway and out onto the, the porch out near the back where you can see in the distance the a tilt for jousting being set up alongside a stable full of fairly heavy horses. Uh, with a whole bunch of blunted lances and breastplates and armor just kind of being sorted out by servants into various crates. And then she comes out, she says, I, I must say I'm impressed. There's, there's not many that are able to engage uh, poor Sipsinia in conversation recently. She's been so shy at these events. Honestly, I just... And I mean, I try my, try my hardest to introduce her to the nice nobles around. Uh... I'm at my wit's end here. She's shown no interest in making friends, much less finding a husband anywhere. Well, she doesn't really seem comfortable. And you come out from out of town, out of a par on the, on the bright rainbow wings of an angel down from the heavens. <laughs> it's fated, is, is what it is. I was merely your, just your checking on Your friend may her. have been set down here <laughs> simply because of a distant relation uh, to the, the late Lady Bettany. Bless her heart. But that's... You're making this real hard, Squid. Really? I mean... Stockies is... Uh, Stockies is, is such a sad little place. Uh, and I mean... Uh, I talked to one of your friends earlier, the Lady Abendego, the, the other uh, Shellanite as I believe the proper parlance is now, uh, and coming to tea over uh, in a week from uh, this this next weekend, uh, surely you'll join her. Of course. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, of course. And perhaps you can reignite any of Sepsinia's passion for painting, for life, for, you know. Are you married to Stelwart? <laughs> no. There it is. I'm not. Here comes the offer. Interesting. Well, I haven't got the chance to talk to you very much uh, properly, so you've come up from a par, of course, following along the, the Lady Abedego, leaving behind, I'm sure, your your previous life and whatever you had down there, friends, connections, uh, studio, perhaps. What brings you to Marat County? Please, there must be, I must know the story behind the man, so it is. Well, in all honesty, uh, I had my acquaintances who brought me here. They told me of the opportunities that could be made, so I figured it was a good place to 
stretch my legs, so to speak. Oh, uh, yes, invest in a little land. Of course, uh, Marat County is perfect. It's It's been growing at a spectacular rate, uh, sir. Uh, it's count now. It's still, it's been years and something I'm still not fully adjusted to. Count Bartby Lothied has put his heart and his soul into not only his city of Lothidar here, of course, which has grown faster than any other you'll see in Taldor, but the county itself. It's just a land of potential. It embodies the spirit of the exaltation. And she stops for a second. I apologize, you're from Aparo. That's, I'd heard briefly about what it, uh, had happened. I, I don't know, I didn't mean to touch a, a sore spot, of course. Oh, no, it, it was not fun, but merely a thing that happened. We, we did our best, so. So, damn crab, unless you are going to quite directly and bluntly interrupt her is going to continue on this tear for as long uh, we have switched roles here <laughs> like unless you well, i was actually going to find her next oh well that's perfect because unless you're going to physically back away to a distance that is uncomfortable <laughs> to continue conversation and then throw a door she is going to continue talking to you and she is going to continue asking you everything about Opara, about your own background, about your family, about your dreams and your future in Marat County and what kind of wine you like to drink and everything. So if you want to make an influencer discovery check against Dame Crab. I would like a discovery check. You are in a pretty good situation to do so. Dame Crab is going to be sense motive or I'm sure knowledge nobility. Yes. All right, knowledge nobility. It she is. She's actually sense motive, or okay. Well, we'll go knowledge nobility. Well, I, already, I said it, so we'll give it to you. Uh, well, you got well, thirteen anyway, so it's okay. That's all right. The game, no. The game got my yeah. back. Thanks, roll twenty. I fight. <laughs> so uh, she's actually sense motive or perception because she is such just like a socialite that she almost doesn't even have a possibility you could pick up on with knowledge or personality you can pick up on with knowledge nobility she is just the Marat kardashians pretty much and you, you try your best to figure her out but everything she talks about for the next 10 or 15 minutes as you, as you get to know her is just fluff it's just nothing and there's no substance there there's nothing to be gleaned or learned proper from her what other was the than name that she of really, the really lady. likes talking. Yeah. What, what was the name of the lady at the first party that we went to? The the actual exaltation. Uh, the, she was in all the really nice stuff, and you had to use a praise to influence her. Oh, that was Countess Pace. She's like her. Kind of, yeah. Kind of but like Countess Pace. But Countess Pace is way more like self-important and kind of full of herself. Yeah. And Dame Crab's just having a real good time. <laughs> she is... I, I mean, I'll give you the 13 knowledge and ability and more with just 15 minutes of talking to her. Very much helping herself to whatever wine is available. <laughs> and uh, is possibly slightly past tipsy. So, uh, okay. Kahina and Dara, this is perfect because you're right next to each other on the initiative table here if you're going mm -hmm. to stay together and continue doing work. Uh, after about 15 minutes of talking to Honora, do you want to continue trying to get to know her or do you want to move to elsewhere? Um, 
Shall we? I was gonna say because I think there's a there's another half elf outside that no one has spoken to. There is definitely another half elf outside. We were let Baylor talk to him, but Ryan is not here, so we can duck like out. I, I feel like I'm doing fairly well with this woman over here. So you want to keep talking to her? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it. Okay. I think I mean, we're you better don't have off to as stay a... together. You can split up. Yeah. And, but the the couple cover is not going to be yeah. shattered because you're in different rooms. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So you can definitely la leave Dara with Anora if that's what you want mm -hmm. to do. And uh, since it is you yeah. are up next, to put Dara on the couch. You can head outside for a breath of fresh air. Yes. Yes. Go get some some fresh air yeah. outside. To this gentleman out here, is he you were looking for? Yeah. And uh, as you head out, there are a few nobles just kind of scattered around. Uh, same seem to be doing a similar thing here, just getting fresh air out about in the lawn or on the grass. But most of them at that point have migrated to the backyard rather than the front yard because mm -hmm. the back of the estate... I don't know if you can say backyard against a guy who has like 15 square miles of property. I don't think that's <laughs> a backyard at that point. You know what I mean, though? Where the tilt is and where the jousting is going to be happening here in about 30 minutes. They've even gone as far as to set up stands. And uh, some people are already just out there with drinks and light fare trying to find <clears throat> seats and get ready. Okay. Um, so she will just, you know, make a scene of just, you know, like walking and wandering. And then as she wanders, like she's taking in the architecture and all the birds and everything everywhere, she'll uh, <clears throat> see him turn and stop. And she goes, oh, hello. I don't believe we've met yet. And then hold out her hand, as noble women are wont to do. Keeper Sutherland. And he does look like Keeper. It's Keeper Sutherland. <laughs> Absolutely. And so now, now I want to talk. I guess to I wish I knew more. who that was because I have no comparison. Come on, man. Twenty-four. No. Or or law. He's more Keeper from Lost Boys. He's, he's old Keeper in all scenarios right oh. now. Old school. So I don't know. I don't know who that is. Oh boy! Uh, we'll send you somebody, pictures on Discord. Perhaps somebody in chat can confirm or deny that this man is Keeper Sutherland. <laughs> I don't. Hunger know. Games? You never saw Hunger Games? I saw Hunger Games a billion years ago. I He's know the, that uh, the this, evil dude, this the, just uh, looks like Idris Elba. As a yes, he does look like Idris Elba. I know that one. This is Idris Elba, the Pathfinder, uh, Pathfinder iteration. But we'll give you. I guess that's just how you make noblemen: is you just pick actors and you turn yeah. them into Pathfinder characters. <laughs> that's how you successfully do noble visages. There you go. That sounds good to me. So okay. You, uh, All right, there, Kiefer. <laughs> so you uh, you walk back up. You walk up to this man and uh, you briefly introduce yourself and extend your hand. He just kind of looks at you, and uh, he has his hands kind of by his side, almost at like a parade rest sort of setup. Like he's he is not relaxed at all. He is almost ready for for anything to happen. He is very much on guard, but he is oh. not a he's not a guard or a soldier. As everyone else is clearly visible in their their own thing, and he does not seem to be caring about overseeing them or anything. He's just here uh, of his own volition. As he approaches me, looks down at your hand and looks at you. He just reaches out and gives it just one very quick shake. So, Golgasan, Seneschal. <laughs> what? <laughs> and 
Sorry, uh -huh. did you? No, no, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I didn't hear what you just said. Oh. Sergal Gusan, Seneschal. Oh, okay. Okay. That was just, that was me not hearing you. Well, it's very nice to meet you. Um, I'm enjoying the party. This is, we're new here. And so I'm, I'm meeting all these new people and I'm, I'm having a lovely time. How about you? And he looks kind of away from you towards the drive. Just like in very intentionally past you and down towards the road, but still replies. It is a fine gala that Count, uh, Count Lothi has, has thrown this afternoon. I believe you are the new heirs to the Betney estate then. Yes, we are. We've just come from Opata and we arrived earlier today. We've even yet to see the estate. I am so excited. I cannot wait till it is till we get to go to our new home. It's still not at all looking at you. To help you find the estate and the tributary statues to your liking. Now, inside I'm sure there are a plethora of servants as well as whichever was assigned directly to you if you should need anything and please enjoy yourself. Oh, well, thank you very much. I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize, are you, are you on duty? Do you oversee all the soldiers here? Kind of, uh, this he finally turns and looks at you and kind of raises an eyebrow. I am the Count's Seneschal, so I'm always on duty. Oh, I do apologize. I didn't mean to bother you. There's no bother. Of course, it's a party after all. Oh, I can't they've imagine been... anyone with the gall to try anything here at the Palace of Birdsong, of all things. Well... Considering what happened in Opara recently, I mean, there seems to be strangeness abounds everywhere. And so it's good to know that we are in capable hands with him employing such uh, so many guards to keep everybody safe. And with no uh, change of expression at all, he just goes back to uh, watching down the drive and looking at some of the other nobles around the, the drive here. Just, hmm, terrible business, that. It's a shame to hear, really. But we hope that in such troubled times that we can prevent anything further from befalling our own lands and our own county. Everyone here in Marat is, of course, decidedly loyal to the Count Lothied and their ruling body. He's done much for us, so... Bar intervention from any outside groups, I imagine things here will remain safe and sound as they've always been. That is lovely to hear, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we are here now. Uh, so, can you tell me? I, I really just don't know much about uh, about the Count or about the Lothids in general. I know a little of what my husband told, has told me, but this house seems like it has so much history and the and. Uh, all about and all this beauty any bit of knowledge about this lovely architecture because I very much do you know anything about the house itself? No. I'm afraid I don't. Oh. Well, perhaps I'll have to search him out later and 
pick his brain about uh, the structure itself because it really is a beautiful place. You do that. And as I said, enjoy okay. yourselves and do take care. Okay. And he looks back down and uh, meets your gaze for the second time this conversation and smiles a little bit and sticks out a hand. Welcome to Murat County. And she will definitely take the hand and then give him a little curtsy and she goes, well, I look forward to speaking to you again when you have maybe some more free time. Thank you so much. He nods. Okay. She's going to flitter away because I don't think there's a whole lot she's going to be able to get out of him. Sergisan <laughs> does not really seem to be. Definitely. I Dara would have been better. Military <laughs> man to, yeah. Unless military man to military man. He doesn't seem terribly interested in conversation or yeah. to He seems very much on duty. New arrivals or anything. He is kind of just here tending to things as well, probably as he always has, really. Mm-hmm. So, where do you want to go? Um, want to think about it? We'll come back to you? Yeah. All right, Dara. So you want to hang out and you're having a good time talking to... Uh, Honorary Trivia Nora up here. So you want to continue doing that, I understand. Uh, yes, yes, I would like to So continue if you that. just want to uh, just stay on the couch as your wife, giant quotation marks, heads out to go try and find other pastures to till elsewhere, you can definitely do that and you can just make either another discovery or an influence check on her. Okay, can I do a... Um... Also, I don't know... That I gave you this so that you may have this here thing so you can write down stuff you learned about her. Oh, gotcha. If I yeah, forget I to no give you the little journal entry to write down stuff for anybody that you've met, let me know. Okay. So that you oh, yeah, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? So you can write stuff down as it becomes relevant. Yeah. No, perfect. Yeah. I was writing it down in Word documents, so that works out great. Yeah, you've actually got a, there's a journal tab on Roll20 that will let you just keep track of whoever you've talked to. And I'll get his one for Baron O'Kara, too, because you've definitely talked to him. And uh, Sepsinia doesn't have her own, so... I mean, I'm not... You can just pile them together that. on Parthena and Sepsinia crab. And that, I think that's everyone that you guys have bothered to really make any progress with so far. Uh, and I will give you one for Sir Goal as well. The game man. I guess I not yet. We haven't really found anything to talk to him. The, uh, the what, Jimmy? The pool player. Gaston. Oh, it's Gaston. Titus. Yeah. It's Titus. even worse with the full picture. Oh, oh man. Oh, it doesn't get better. Yeah, it's way worse with the full picture. Yeah, the, the Gaston does not become any less Gaston. It's like Gaston's older... Brother, yeah. More suave brother. <laughs> it's his more successful cousin. <laughs> there you go. Is there any more that I have failed to give you, or are we good? Oh, duh. Bartleby. Bartleby. Uh, yeah, I gotta get used though. We haven't used these these journal entries in Roll20 before either, chat, uh, because we hadn't previously had the pre-built Roll20 modules from Pathfinder, which has all of this all preloaded and set up for them to be able to take notes and whatnot on the various NPCs down here. 
they've got plenty of space to write things that they've learned. I'm trying to find whether you've written something on it. I swear if I scroll down, there's horrible things in here. I would be very upset with you. But, uh... Pretty much the only things we ever put was, like, the giant would, bees. I don't see bees. anything on any of them. I would really recommend, at the very least, writing down what their influence skills are. I mean, I'm, I'm currently writing something for Parthena and Sepsinia. Okay, yeah, just so you can keep track of things that you've learned about various people. Because you know, uh, survival checks can be used to influence Anora, and you know mm -hmm. her strength and weakness. Yeah, I, I have it in the word. I'll, I'll type it in the other place. Uh, okay, other. yeah, you're fine. Just, just uh, so I'm you can working, keep track yeah, of things. I'm working I want to get to three sessions down the road, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I don't remember what influence checks we're supposed to use on Baron Akara, because you didn't write it down. Which, for reference, I diplomacy. Yeah, I believe diplomacy is all we know about him, but he's also in. We never really discovered much about him. He was just done. Yeah, because it turns out when you can use diplomacy on him, the whole reason that the uh, influence system exists is to stop super charisma characters yep. from just controlling <laughs> everything. So when one of them is like, "What can you influence with?" Uh, diplomacy. <laughs> You're done, and you just finish him immediately. So. Uh, do you want to make another discovery or influence check at Inora as you just remain on the couch here and just continue talking to her? Uh, yes, I was going to try a um, I don't know, maybe I'll try another discovery check. Okay, still try and one. learn more ways to influence her. And if you yeah. roll really well on these, you learn more than one thing like uh, what Mistress Chow, what uh, Kahina did earlier. Okay, and then um so last time I rolled a sense motive. Yeah, you can roll it again. It's sense motive. Sense motive. You can just keep using to discover things. That's that okay. is the skill that gets to remain super useful. Diplomacy got right. replaced with sense motive because everyone can al almost always use sense motive for discovery checks. Okay. Okay. I will roll another sense motive. And with a twenty, you wanted to know another influence skill. Yeah. Similar to how she appreciates the more rural metaphors and backwoods colloquialisms, and how you can demonstrate a, some sort of an understanding of practical skills through survival to gain her approval a little bit more. Showing that you know the area and its people, or at least people in general, like you really know them, not how the nobles think they know them, is going to help you a lot. Knowledge local will be extremely effective at influencing her. Uh, one more thing to everyone watching and learning and also to Brandon Mistress Child learning this system. Not all influence skills are created equal. Some of them have much higher or lower DCs than other ones. And you get the feeling with how much she cares about people, knowledge local is going to be extremely effective. Uh, Game-wise, that is going to have a much lower influence DC than most other skills to influence her. Which means not only are you more likely to be successful, you're more likely to have multiple successes. Because if you blow the DC out of the water to influence people, you can get two or even three successes at one time. I think you actually can only get up to two. If you, if you destroy an influence check, this is just rules. If you beat an influence check by five or more, you succeed at an influence check, and you also get to learn another thing about them. If you beat it by 10 or more, it's two successful influence checks. So you get double yield out of it. And 
but the ones that are very effective, someone with that skill can realistically get the 10 or more and get the double success and also a discovery check. What was the other dice we could throw at her head? Knowledge local, what survival. was the first one? Knowledge local and survival. survival are the two that you know about her so far. Okay. So yeah. that is what Dara is going to be doing. Dara is just going to remain talking to the old Tribune of Stockies. And Ori, yeah. how about you? I imagine you probably don't want to stay in this room for any longer than you <laughs> actually have to. The fair assumption. Now, I know we, uh, we had ended right at the end of my turn. And I found out that it, it was like his weakness was something about being involved in this cousin shadow or something like that. Was there an he, actual skill with that? Uh, weaknesses aren't necessarily tied to a skill. Some Sometimes like they are. Uh, what you need for... Oh, no, it's the weaknesses you just need to know them. There was one... I think one of the ones you learned specifically at the gala was because you had to, like, watch them do something to learn something about them that took a stealth check or something. But normally, it's just knowing that and using that as you try to talk to them as a leverage gives you the bonus. And you know okay, that he, so... at some level, the weakness was he knows he just lives in Bartleby Shadow and rides his coattails. And he's a little sore about that. Oh, so, he... like, if I talk to him again at some point, I can throw that in there and get, like, some kind of bonus to influence him if I RP it. Exactly. So, like, if you're talking to him and say you want to use, like, knowledge nobility, if you find out, or, if, like, just to throw it, or if you find that's an influence skill, and you're just talking to him about, so what have you done? Because <laughs> I, I know this is all, uh, your cousin runs the county, right? He's the count. So, what have you done for yourself, Titus? That's kind of like, hmm, okay. And, uh... It's gonna, that for it's, a later occasion. it's gonna make him defensive <laughs> and easier to open up. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be leaving this room. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Where are we going, Anori? Uh, let's see. Um, as you go, I'm assuming you're just leaving through the door back towards the entry hall. Yeah, back to the main hall. As you get to the door here, Purple Finch. Your jester spins out in front of you, almost running into her, onto you, playing something quickly on her flute as she does uh, what might be considered the flute equivalent of <laughs> sad trombone noise. And she just kind of bows down as she finishes it with her flute in her hand, and then jumps right back up. Hey, sorry to hear about your loss there, gracious Lady Dentho, but we can't win them all. Me, for instance. I had to stand at that door for 20 minutes to wait to get that. Now, uh, can I get anything for you? Are you enjoying yourself? Look into my eye. Uh, okay. And then she's just going to walk out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just push past her. I just down to the hall. Look into my eyes and just walk away. Side of me as I leave. There's, there's definitely, you know, she's trying to get the job done, and she realizes losing wasn't the biggest thing, but she still don't like to lose. <laughs> Nobody likes to lose. No. She's kind no, of standing there with her foot in both of her hands, kind of holding it close to her chest, and just kind of slinks away. Uh, feeling heading, heading northish. I see this room right here. I'm gonna go over here. Four off chairs. The, yeah, off of the western side, there's a fairly large entertaining space uh, with a bunch of large overstuffed chairs mounted around a fireplace, which, of course, being near the middle of the afternoon, is currently unlit. And 
given that situation, there's a couple little nobles uh, just scattered around here that have tried to, I guess, pull away to eat or just to drink to get drunk a little bit more. Or perhaps even just to get an area where they can get a good uh, view of the jousting tilt out in the back fields. Uh, but no one up here strikes you as being of any real importance. Just a couple random is the window over here to my uh, left, is that where I can see the jousting field? Uh, it's, a, it's above you, actually. If you scroll the map up, you can literally see it. There's two tents, and there's a the long beam that serves as the jousting tilt and stands set up nearby, and then just a gaggle of armored horses. Uh, at the moment, let loose on just fairly long lines to just kind of wander around and do horse things. As they wait here, I can at least you see it. Oh, then I'm, I'm probably head up there then, get a closer look at the, the field and see Nell or he's, uh, I don't know what he's doing, you know, <laughs> what he's involved with here. Obviously busy. Uh, yeah, you would pass him and Dame Crab and several other assorted socialites just kind of around. And at this point, as the joust is not terribly long away, people would start to be filtering out there. And as you made your way past Purple Finch and outside, you would see Baron Akira, you would recognize, further up there to the north, out by the tilt, as well as another noble wearing fashions from a very distant part of Taldor. And you're not sure if they're from an older time or if they're just from some more recent fashion that you haven't cared enough to follow. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'll go see what they're all about, I guess. So you head up towards the tilt. And as you approach, you'll be greeted by Baron Akira, who's out there already, just kind of looking over the field he's got here. And he raises a hand as you approach. Hey, Nori! You come to check out the field a bit beforehand as well. Hey, come over here, take a look. Yeah, kind of want to get the lay of the land, you know. And he turned as you approach him to turn towards the north and just kind of look up uh, along this tilt. It's about however long a tilt is. And <laughs> it does. I personally am not an expert at jousting, and it doesn't say, but I'm going to assume it's probably around like. 150 feet most likely because I assume it's somewhere in the general region of like half a football field is the actual length of the tilt itself yep. and uh, just, just like a Nori I, I don't know anything about jousting oh well it's a fantastic day to learn uh, you get to take up a lance for yourself of course you see the servants there unloading we got plenty of equipment for everyone to try their hand and it's a good environment to get to learn not only do you get to just try it out have some fun Maybe get knocked in the dirt a couple of times. That's how learning goes. Uh, you get to watch, yeah. and there's just no proper way to say this modestly. Uh, we talked a bit at the gala, at least I did with a couple of your, your friends you came in with, that I right. kind of retired myself to the Talton jousting circuit. And I used this almost kind of as a, as a teaching opportunity uh, to show people that are more interested, just some tips and tricks and how to stay in the saddle as much as you can. Oh, and uh, not only me, but he points out behind you. Uh, you get to see Lord Titus do a bit of the ride as well. And you turn <laughs> around and you see Titus just walking up with his arms wide. Big smile on face. 
Baron O'Kara. Oh. Is this gonna be the year <laughs> that I finally get to unseat the Talden champion? He approaches it and he uh, walks up right next to you. I just claps the hand on your shoulder. Lady Dentho, you take a part in this one as well. Well, of course, Titus. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Oh, you didn't strike me as much of a jouster. You look like more the kind of silent, behind-the-shadows sort of type, not the kind of stand-up-to-a-land-strike-on-horseback. You, you're going to be okay? I guess we'll find out. And uh, Baron O'Kara kind of steps forward at that point and says, it, it's a great learning opportunity, like I said. You can see myself and, of course, Lord Titus. I dare say is an expert on the tilt as well. Oh, like is he not? Is there Lord anything you're not good at, Mr. Titus? And Titus just grins. <laughs> not that I found yet, no. <laughs> oh. I know Kara just sighs. Humble, too. <laughs> yeah, exceptionally. Really, Regardless, it really comes off him. Regardless, it'll, it should be a good afternoon. Uh, Joust will take up most of the evening. Uh, I know we briefly uh, explained the rules. We're going to have some pairings. It's, it's less of a single elimination kind of heavy tournament style and more just a point system. So everyone gets to ride as much as they see fit. But I, I, you knew with this, Lady Dentho, and I really don't mean this as any sort of an insult, but if we get if we get a couple rounds in and you or Sir Stalwart or anyone else is really not feeling taking a whole bunch more lance hits because as blunted as they are it still very much hurts uh part of the reason we run it like this is the people can dip out as they will if they've had a good uh, a good enough experience and rather just take the time to watch from the stands and just enjoy the last few rounds of the show i'm a lot tougher than i look sir oh and i'm so not you know. trying to apply otherwise just saying that you know, it's a party after all the janitor jubilees about having a good time we don't want anyone to push themselves past their limits or stop enjoying themselves just oh, for the opportunity to well since you know so much about this i mean are there some parts of wisdom you can throw at me here for a newcomer well it's fairly straightforward i'm gonna change this because you guys are pretty far outside now uh you're out here by the tent. and uh there there's a couple things i can teach you have you, you ever wielded a lance before i mean I practiced with all types of weapons with my father back in the day, but that was years ago. And uh, Titus just smiles and uh, claps on the shoulder again. You're going to do great. I'll catch you guys later. And uh, <laughs> just kind of struts off. Is he and always it, like that? Unfortunately, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you want to, if you're coming out here with Sir Rostam to take over the Betany estate, the tributary of Stockies, I assume you've at least a little bit of vested interest in playing the game here. And you're a bounty hunter. I'm a soldier. I can respect that. Talk to you. Real working man to real working woman. Sometimes that's all it is, you know? Sometimes you just gotta play along. Put up with some yeah. people you'd rather not put up with. Well, for the good of the county, right? Right. Now, a lance is, is a whole lot different from a sword. First of all, you're not going to be holding this all arm outstretched. And he starts to going into uh, giving you some pointers into like how to literally wield a lance on horseback, uh, ways to position yourself, 
to to try to hold on properly to the horse. It's not like a normal riding stance either because your goal is to not get launched. <laughs> and uh, right. do you want to use your timeout here? Just uh, to influence to do discovery on Akira? Uh, yeah, might as well. I mean, and if there was any sort of training bonuses I could impart by talking to him, I would like to do that as well. <laughs> if you learn a bit, it, it might help you some get over like the real immediate. Uh, what it's going to do, are you proficient in lances? <laughs> no. Are you I proficient don't... in martial weapons? I don't remember if Imagus is by default. Um, I have, uh, I know I'm one heavy blades, but I don't know if that applies to all martial weapons. Oh, it see. applies to heavy blades. Yeah, but okay. That's, so that's heavy all you, is that black blade that gives you that? I pretty, I took a feat specifically for the type of sword that I was going to use. So, okay, so that's a... that was weapon focus, heavy blades. Uh, that that doesn't give you proficiency. Okay. But that would still, even if you were unproficient, it would still give you a plus one. Uh, also, heavy blades are not lances. Uh, lances, I think, are under pole arms. Lances are under pole arms. So. That's what I was expecting. As a magus, I'm just gonna double check some rules here. You, this is the magus spell list. That's not what I wanted. I want the magus. You are proficient in martial weapons. So you are proficient in a lance. So you, you do actually know how to wield a lance. Regardless of whether or not you personally had ever really like trained with it. So what talking to him, if you wanted to like instead of an influencer or discovery check, take a bonus to like reduce the non-proficiency proficiency penalty for using a lance, I'd give you that. But you actually know how to wield a lance. So he's like his little beginner's tips aren't going to make you any better because you're already not suffering a penalty for wielding it. Okay, so, so then I guess just a uh, discovery on Baron. Okay, you already know he can be influenced with diplomacy because you got that from the gala, but you mm -hmm. can certainly learn either something else or you can learn a strength or a weakness. So discovery on Baron Akira is going to be sense motive or knowledge and ability. Or a sense motive or profession soldier, actually, on Baron Akira. Would a uh, profession bounty hunter work? Because he did make that uh, no. comparison. That's no. because he knows he's a bounty hunter. <laughs> okay. Uh, See, I all the knowledges, they're not just... Like, I have to be trained in them to use them, right? Like, I can't you, just... You can use a knowledge untrained. It's just 10 is the highest you can get. Okay. You can't... Like, if you roll a 20 and you have a plus 4 from your end, it's still a 10. Because 10 is, like, the average knowledge of a thing. Anything more than that, you have to have studied it, which is represented by having ranks in it. But a uh, sense motive is just a thing you can roll. Uh, I'll give that one a shot, I guess. Yeah, it's just, that's one of the generics. Uh, with an 11, though, once uh, you're kind of feeling the, the flashback to the gala here. 
kind yep. of switched over for that dice roll. Feel a little bit of a flashback to the XL Patient Day Gala. As Inori's strong suit isn't reading people. At least not like this. Like this, this is just really not your element. And it's not, again, it's not that Okari doesn't like you. Uh, he, he does. He, he likes most of your party just from your time at the gala and the bit that you've talked to him out there. But you're not really connecting. You kind of just stand out there for a little while, for 15 minutes or so, talking about the joust and just getting some tips and I mean, you're getting along, but not really making any sort of progress necessarily. You're just kind of there. So, Kahina, that leaves us with you. Okay. Uh, I guess she would... Um, I guess she would uh, start heading uh, back up and into the house, and as she gets up there, she would see um like back towards the back going heading out outside see uh dame crab uh back there and nell and uh walk up to to join them since okay. she is she, uh, she already seems to be occupied there and nell's already doing his best to try and engage her and well it might at this point look like nell is doing his best to survive her <laughs> And she is very, very excitable and very talkative. But of course, she likes you a lot because she's a people person and she likes people and you already talked previously. So she is more than happy to have you join the conversation here. So do you want to roll a check on her or do you want to talk? Yeah, to her? I'll, roll a, I'll roll a check on her. And you said she's a perception? Uh, she's perception or sense motive to discover things better. Okay, let me see what I've got here. Which is higher. Sense motive, I think I've got is higher. Yeah. Hi, uh, where's my little character? I got a clicker, don't I? Where this one's uh, Not for skills, no. You only have to oh, click it for, for it's just oh. for initiative. Because, and that's because of a roll, roll 20 like coding thing. It has okay. to know what it's at the table. Uh, with a 15 cents motive. You jump in the conversation, but you kind of find the same thing that Nell is finding here, is that it's very much superficial. And just... Mm -hmm. It's just kind of going. It's... Mm. Uh, there, there's nothing you're actually learning here so much as it is you're just kind of spending some time with a very, very excitable socialite. Yeah. You gotta roll fire if you want the deep dark secrets. I see how it is. <laughs> not even fire, just not. Uh, just not fifteen. 15. <laughs> fifteen is uh, fifteen is was quite far off of fire. Mm -hmm. So, as a little more time passes, we get closer to the joust starting. You guys figure you have somewhere in the general neighborhood of one more social round before everything gets underway, and before everything starts moving towards the joust, at which point everyone's going to be well, preoccupied watching or participating in this joust. And they're probably not going to have a whole lot of time to be influenced. So we'll hop back around to Nell. <laughs> what do you want to do with your social round? I will use Kahina's presence as my means of an out. 
At this point, I'm going to start moving people. Sneaky, sneaky dude. Most of the nobles at this point would start filtering outside towards the pitch. Even Sepsinia, who will find herself a new and exciting corner to sequester herself in that is technically <laughs> outside. I'm taking one straight out of Sepsinia's playbook. You came up. I'm going to just walk away. Say, say my goodbyes, and, and I'm out. And you, uh, you're like, okay, cool. Well, you guys have fun talking. Bye. And just peace immediately. You use it. It's, it's good leverage. It's a, it's a good strategy you use to get yourself uh, out of the situation and out further into the field uh, towards the pitch where all of the, well, the evening's entertainment is about to start. Which, before and... I actually go anywhere and do anything, I'll let you finish moving people around. Yeah, I'm just trying to drag some people into, like, generally outside because this is... Where everyone would be at this point, Subsinia, I guess, wouldn't be. Yeah, she would literally be out there. She's, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> she will go where she is required to go. Believe that is everyone. There's actually not that many. There are far less people to influence here than there were total at the gala. Okay. Well, I will. There. I've got a gathering of most people. Uh, Honora is still with Dara, uh, just because Dara hasn't gone yet. But uh, if you wanted to talk to Honora or any, anybody, like, I guess that's just the only one that's inside being held up by a PC right now. If you wanted to talk to Honora, Honora would also be heading outside. It's just we haven't gotten to Dara, and Dara's currently talking to her. Uh, let's go with the wait till Dara does their thing, because I want to talk to the not noble. That <laughs> That's my goal. Fair enough. So, Kahina, as you are still wrapped up here by Dame Crab, stuck what may be forever in the eternal giddy socialite conversation, uh, she remarks on the fact that all of the nobles are now all filtering outside to the pitch, getting ready for the joust and the tilt. Okay. And uh, she claps her hand together and says, Oh, Kahina, my dear, have you played Trucko? I can't say that I have. Truco, Truco, I am not positive I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Uh, I believe it was originally Kadirin uh, dozens or hundreds of years ago. So it might have some arcane pronunciation beyond that. But I've, uh, I'm organizing you know, some of the girls to go hang out and play a, a lighter game. Uh, those of us who aren't going to be as terribly interested in this, this jousting that's going on. Well, I would love to learn. Oh, it's fantastic. I'll, I'll show you. It's, it's very simple. Uh, you might have seen variants of it before, Shirley. It's played out in the grass. There's a bunch of hoops and balls, and we've small sticks to knock them around with. It's much similar kind of to an outdoor billiards, almost. Uh, sort of mixed with a golf. It's difficult. It'll be easier to show you. Well, I'm, I'm just positively giddy. Let's, let's go. Oh, this is going to be so much fun! And uh, she scurries off towards this away. <laughs> and uh, out back further into a field uh, behind the pitch and all the tents up here. To where there is a much smaller arrangement and a much lower number of nobles out back here. Uh, almost exclusively people like Crab, the socialite types. Uh, I'm not, it's not 
exclusively women, but people who are not interested in riding on a giant horse and slamming into each other or watching other people ride a giant horse and slam into each other. I would like to go something that do something that does not involve great pain. They're all just hanging around back here at Trucko. And uh, unless you extricate yourself from Crab, she's going to keep you. And do you want to use your action with her? Yeah. yeah okay. That's fine. What do you want to try to try again to discover? Yeah, I want to try again to discover because I need to know what I can throw at her face when we do um, when we go to tea with her next week. Yeah. What have I done to my roll twenty? I don't know. What have you done to your roll twenty? I have managed to make the map full screen and don't have the sidebar anymore that has like. Uh, there is a little bar up near the top right that has like three hashes on it. Ahaha! Yep, there that, it is. You can actually hide the chat log and everything. Ah. All right, so yeah, pull up that sense motive. Now let's see if we can learn okay. anything about Dame Crab. Let's roll something better than last time. Come on, nope. Nope, that is actually what that's that is categorically not better than what you rolled last time. So at this point, Dame Crab is very much distracted with her new excitement, which is explaining to you, Trucko, uh, which seems like it's fairly straightforward. This is almost fantasy croquet. Okay, I actually know how to play croquet, so yes, yeah, I get is, this. This is pretty much that. Yeah, you get a you get a bunch of very long handled spoons mm-hmm. to knock these various brightly colored wooden balls around a field. And you get points for knocking them through hoops, and you get points for knocking them into other people's balls, okay. and you get tons of points for knocking other people's balls through hoops. Uh, it's fairly simple and straightforward. And not just Kahina, who got abducted here, as I move down to Dara. Uh, Nell and Inori, of course, you have already signed up for the joust. You want to do the horse things. But Dara, if you do not want to watch or participate in the joust, you would see several nobles over there also trickling around to the backfield. There were truckos being set up, and anybody can go play trucko instead. Trucko or truco or whatever. You want to go play croquet instead of smash each other with lances? That's an option. No, I did already promise that I was going to go uh, play, uh, go joust. I just haven't gotten around to signing up. So oh, can so I go sign up here? Too. Oh, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as you... And Anora trickle out here. I don't know if you want to keep talking to Anora. Um, I'm not quite sure how long each turn is. Can I? A turn is is long. They're like they're actually 15 minutes. But the point is, you get one social action that represents who you're spending the bulk of that 15 minutes trying to influence. And it's not always 15 minutes. It's just a. It's enough social time to mm-hmm. realistically influence somebody. Right now, it's 15 minutes. They can be 15 minutes, they can be an hour, they can be three hours. It just depends on the situation. So I have to go talk to the other guy so I can sign up, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't take an action or anything. Like, anything you're doing RP-wise, like, actually, literally, talking directly to me, character dialogue, doesn't take an action. Going to sign up for the joust doesn't take an action. Uh, because it's literally 15 minutes. So unless you're doing something that really takes a big time commitment... You can do as many things as you want that aren't actually that aren't going to eat your your social action. Okay. Um. Well, since my survival is actually higher than my local knowledge, I'm going to try and uh, influence her, even if it's a smaller influence, uh, with survival. Um. Just while we're walking out, just start a light conversation on, uh, just practical knowledge of the local area and 
what I need to know about various, like... Tracking and hunting. That's what you wanted yeah. your survival for in the first place. Just demonstrating you have skills that are useful, other than I am a noble. Because only mm -hmm. you don't have... But you did bring your crossbow, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you guys, like, everyone's got their weapons on them here. So, I mean, you have that. Demonstrating that you don't just carry the status symbol or, well, the opposite. Because a crossbow... Realistically, the reason they became popular in the first place is because they take literally no skill to use. Uh, they take skill to use well... But they replace the bows because you can hand it to a peasant and tell him to press the shoot button and it will shoot. But demonstrating that that's not why you carry a crossbow. And you are just very, very good at uh, what you do being hunting in this particular instance, not soldiering. And just trying to connect. So roll me a survival check. And you get a 23... That is pretty good. As a matter of fact, that is actually very good. And normally, like I said, I keep saying this. You normally don't know the outcome of an influence check automatically. It's just over time the NPC goes to like you or, or the character goes to like you or does not. But if you really succeed on it, which seems to be we roll 1s or 20s here on 2 Perception, <laughs> you know. And you know that she is at least somewhat impressed. By your skills here, or your demonstration of your knowledge of skills, at least, that you haven't had the opportunity yet to demonstrate the practical application of your skills. So not only are you beginning to annoy yourself to her, you also get a free discovery check. Which means you get one more other skill you could possibly use to influence her. And that skill for her... Roll the die real quick. All right, if or it's not hunting or farming, out here in the sticks, and not or just just drinking, what are you going to be doing for entertainment? What is the source of entertainment out in the backwoods taverns? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Stories. Mm. Stories and tales. And anyone who can tell her a good story via perform oratory. Oh, gee, she's I wonder who has that. What if the bard has perform oratory? Uh, she's going to appreciate uh, just as much as anybody else out in Marat County would. Honora likes a good tale. So the opposite side here, if you don't have any practical skills, but you can tell a good story, that's a practical, that's a practical skill in Earl of Marat. That's something useful. So you head out with her uh, out to the pitch. And you get out there part ways, and you go briefly talk to Baron of Kara and sign yourself up in the joust as well. So everyone is participating in the joust except Kahina, who is playing Truko, right? Yes. All right, Inori. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Who can I see? Like the people that are getting ready for the joust like are they milling around a certain area uh they would be around just just here the same place but looking around you see titus and his tituslings yeah. that are preparing themselves as well as baron akara are the like there's a bunch of people that are gonna participate probably about a dozen in general of the mm -hmm. 40 guests before uh adding in you guys of make 15 just gonna be odd pairings but that's okay not doing a single elimination but the only two that 
seem to have any sort of sway that seem to be the higher ranking nobles like the Baron O'Kara or a relation to the family like Lord Titus are Baron O'Kara and Lord Titus. The rest of the people getting ready for the joust just seem like lesser aristocrats or local nobles. Uh, what's uh, Napoleon Dynamite doing over here? What? This guy. Looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, that's Girl, a Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, from a distance. I'll tell you, it was, it was spot on. I don't know. I guess it's just because I actually I already knew what she looked like, so I can't really see it. Uh, she is coming out here with not a drink or anything in hand at all, unlike most of the people here. And rather than sitting in the stands, is just standing here in the shade of one of these large tents near the pitch properly uh, just to watch. Most of the guests at this point have filtered out of the yard. Almost almost nobody is left inside the manor. Even I mean, even Subsidia has changed to an external corner here. This is the evening's main event. Other people dipping in to grab a drink or a quick bite to eat. Everyone's out here. She looks very unpleasant. Looks very unpleasant. Uh, also thinking about Kiefer. Is he, he, look, uh, is he uh, walking towards... Um, He's, uh, he's posted up right there by a fork in the road. And these pairs of guards that are on the road here that you can see are just kind of patrolling around. They're not stationary. That's more just to denote that there are pairs of guards patrolling the roads that go through the many miles around. Uh, a lot of the nobles out in the area are either placing bets on various riders or entertaining themselves with still uh, the flocks of peacocks and various colored birds that just roam all around the outside of the palace of birdsong especially those that aren't from lothidar from further out in marat that have to take a several days journey to get here and are very much amused by the jillian peacocks in the area <laughs> uh but that first lady you asked about yeah she's just there she doesn't uh, she seems happy enough i suppose but not like enraptured and taken away with amusement like everyone else and in what is a standout at a noble party she does not seem to be overly intoxicated she's a very tall fairly thin woman who looks well i, I mean i would describe this face as stern it's a pretty yeah. safe word that i would use on that and she's got you can see it in there a very visible scar going across the bridge of her nose under her eye I'm going to go uh, say hi to her. Sounds like a plan. Probably not a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you approach, and she turns to uh, turns to face you, of course, as politeness would <laughs> require. And waits. I've seen that face before, uh, mostly on myself. Uh, I can relate. Not much of a, a fan of these types of things. Just kind of looks you up and down. Her Grace Baroness Legate Adela Voinum. Not much for proper introductions, are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a Nori Dentho. Nice to meet you. Lady, lady the Dame, and outlying Baroness. Lady. Hmm. As for this, I picked this up in the military years ago. 
Only blow the Andorans ever managed to land on me. Fire it with pride. Earned at defending our nation. What about you? Uh, similar, maybe not as prestigious as you would think. Uh, I'm a bit of a bounty hunter. I picked up some scars, putting away some pretty nasty people myself. Hmm. Either a privateer, a mercenary, or a bounty hunter. I'd put my money on mercenary, is that right? Um, I guess. I mean, the, sure, I, you know, a job's a job. You got to make you got to make money, but I try to do the right thing, you know, as best as you possibly can in these impossible situations. Bounty hunter, then. I don't recognize you. You're not from this county, I assume. What brings you to Marat and much more to the Count's own Jubilee at his palace? Uh, I'd go into the, you know, our, uh, the husband and wife or they inherited land and I'm an investor. I'm here and, you know, that's just a quick thing. And then I'd get back to the party and talking about how I'm going to be in the, in the joust if that's what she's here to see. Hmm. So uh, before you can come back to the joust, I've done that brief introduction. Okay. The, the new tributaries of Stockies, I assume. You aren't very direct, are you? You have to circle around a lot. Talk circles around what you actually want to say. Hmm. You picked up on that, did you? From time to time, sure. And with your... Uh, kind of returning a little sarcasm there yeah she uh, she she grins a bit says hmm i begin to wonder if there's any life to you at all well oh. these things sort of sort of take it out of me if i'm being honest that's why i thought i'd come say hi because i saw a familiar look that i see almost every time i look in the mirror in one of these things oh, if you have an issue with the party or the jubilee itself or things are not to your liking i'm sure that either the servant the jester that was assigned to you would be able to help or the count himself would be more than happy to hear your concerns oh it's not that I, everything's great i mean it's festivity it's beautiful people are happy having a great time i'm just you know not much for glad handing and talking to people as much like i said i am in fact a bounty hunter well, how is one to run their tributary or its neighboring town without an understanding of how the country, or the county itself operates or the surrounding baronies and their various nobles? It's all one machine. The interlocking mm. pieces have to run well together if it's to help to run at all. Makes sense. Well, a machine can't work without a little grease, you know? Mm, I don't follow. <laughs> I'm trying to make a joke. I guess, you know, they can't all be good. I've had that success before. As I told you, I get nervous at these things. And it happens to the best of us. I would hope that you could understand such things. It'll come with experience, I'm sure. Give it time. Time is the best teacher of them all. I've heard that once or twice in my life as well. Can't have heard it many. How are you? <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, it was it was great meeting you. I have to get ready for the job stuff. <laughs> are you are we stepping away from Baroness yeah. Voinum here? Yeah. Anori uh, tried, man. 
I mean, you could you could definitely try to discover something about. It. I mean, you know, the point of being able to roll checks yeah. in Pathfinder is that what, what's an already got to sense motive or discovery? Like, what's your bonus? Uh, let me see here. Sense motive is uh, five. So I mean, that's that's way above average considering the average modifier is zero to two. So yeah. realistically, especially in a situation like this. You're doing a great job RPing, but at a certain point, Inori, having, you know, living actually in Galarian, unlike Shimmy 36, would be better at doing this than you actually are as a person. So, regardless of how this is going, she seems at least somewhat amused. I mean, you can definitely stay here and make a discovery well, checker. And that's what she, and, you know, like I said, that's kind of what she was going for. Just a little, if you can disarm somebody a little bit, you can pick up on little things to influence. And that's essentially what I was trying to do. But she's tough. She's got walls. Which is what the dice are for. Exactly. how effectively you can get yourself in. So, I mean, if you want to throw a discovery check at her, by all means, she is definitely one of the people here to be influenced. She yeah, that was the, a baroness. Uh, and, what was uh, the other one besides sense motive? Uh, for her, it is sense motive oh. and knowledge nobility. She's just the standard. She is an actual baroness. All right. Keep the theme going. Keep it going. You hate to see that happen to you. It just, just, there's just no way. I words. tried so hard and then I get this. That can recover you from the hard one. So I guess realistically, Inori's trying and she's doing her best, but she is that about as much success as you were actually having at RP is about as far as Inori's getting to. And uh, talking to Baroness Voinum is like talking to a wall. Right. A very humorless, seemingly humorous wall that almost enjoys toying with you as it is. Yeah, she. So hey, I got a smile us. out of her once. Hey, yeah, you did. You made some. I progress. still have to do. Yeah, my I still. You still have yours. Yeah, I'm just playing the table because it's just you, and that's the last social round for right now. I have accomplished absolutely zero at this entire thing, just like the other. You are trying, but uh, you you don't really like. She's very skilled at this, and this whole little verbal exchange you're doing, this playing the noble game. She is an expert at. And the the, the rule actually makes sense for how that actually all. went down. Yeah, like the, like the she doesn't let her guard down at all. And then you talk to her, and she you gotta make these jabs at each other, and she's still very much, like she's not being rude by any means. It's it's amicable. You don't feel like you learned anything about her as a person. I, I got is what that, that is. Yeah. It's it's she's just <laughs> an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Ugh. So now, you have the last social action here. The joust is getting ready to begin. Uh, people who have brought their own horses are getting them ready, and then some of these servants are doling out blunted lances, armor, and these spare horses for those who were not. So what do you want to do? How do you say Anora's last name? Is it Pisum? I'm going with Pisum, because I'm honestly not 100% positive. But we're right. going to go with Pison. I would like to go talk to the Honorary Tribune, Anora Pison. All right, so you make your way up as Dara leaves to go sign up for the tournament. 
And uh, she turns and kind of looks you up and down, glances at the shell and iconography you've got painted across your breast, uh, breastplate. I will introduce myself, uh, of course, skipping the formalities as I typically do. Just Nell Stalwart. Feel free to call me Nell. Make it very clear. I'm glad to be talking to someone who's not a noble. I make it that obvious, do I? Uh, it's no shame in that, really. I've never been good at blending into these things. No, sir. Stalwart. We've got a surprising amount of unfamiliar faces at the Jubilee this year. Always a maybe pair, trio, visiting nobles from outside, distant Lothian family relations or cousins brought in from other the other lines, but they seem to just be falling out our sleeves out here. Well, I um I'm not superbly familiar with how everything is run around here, but honestly, I think that's a good thing. Hmm. Maybe. Doesn't say ignorance is bliss, and I think in a situation like this one, that might just apply. Agreed. Uh, From what I've seen, not to name, and I kind of point my head over to my left, not to name any particular subjects, but people around here seem to have a bit of an inflated ego. The bold words from someone not even from this county. You know, I, I do find I got you. problems with people. The easiest way is to take it to their face. Now you stand around behind the back. Well, that's the plan. That's why I signed up for the joust. Well, you got a bit of spine in you. They'll give you that. I'm a little old for the ride myself, unfortunately, but... Back in the day, a couple... Maybe a half dozen years uh, years ago. Many Jubilees passed. I had a good time training it out once or twice. He looked trained enough. He'll do fine, I'm sure. I'm... I've got the experience I need to at least handle myself. Uh, not so much do. the riding part. Oh, I don't doubt it. But aside from that, I did come over here to ask you about a couple things. About the local area, not the the politics of things. About Lothidar, you'd be better asking Titus or your jester. Oh, it's stuff that I figure someone like you might be able to help me out a little better with. I'm not interested in knowing about the area itself so much as the the people and the the climate, so to speak. Like, what what goes on around here aside from the city folk? Well, it's a farm and county. Makes most of the food that gets shipped out towards the coast at Apara and Casimir and the like aren't important, so. And she just kind of gestures out the fields behind her. Not that it's a great example here. Well, what about hunting and, and fishing? Just general things. Maybe that a I, sense I'm... motive check. Alright. 
so uh, when you mention hunting and fishing, she she brightens up a little bit. Cause I, how well, it depends. How many servants did you bring with you? Some of the forests here are ragged. You can stay away from the beggar wood down to the south, uh, south of the lake and uh, uh, of Stockis up towards the border. Wouldn't want to head into there too much, but if, if you got enough men with you to carry the load and you can get permission from the Baroness, the void wood out to the west is a terribly far journey and it's got good stock. That's good to know. I'm not so much of a hunter myself, but I was hoping that coming out here away from Apara, of course, there's less good hunting to be had down there. So Land of I, opportunity, I figured it was a good chance. So much exactly. room for activities. I've never tried it, but if you happen to know about it, I'd love to pick up a pointer or two sometime. So do you want to uh, discover or try to influence something off her? Is this where we're going to drop Nell's time? Knowledge local. Yep, and you found out that one would work. So that's not a bad idea to roll at her. Ooh, and that's a 28. That's some Thanks. knowledge local you got going on right there. Nell so, knows things. You have a choice, my friend. You can either receive two successes, or you can take a success and a discovery check. I would like... Because you have destroyed that check. I would like two successes. I want I her to like so. me, and I would like to go hunting with her. I kind of thought so. As you spend some time talking to her, and you, and you she, she starts to like brush you off a little bit less, starts taking it a little bit more seriously, as she starts to realize that uh, similar to Dara, you do actually know what you're talking about. I mean, eventually it would probably come up that you're members of the same group and you'd come here together. And she starts to understand that far from what she was expecting, which is the gaggle of nobles leading seven dogs and a horde of servants out in the woods to say they went hunting and just come back. I brought a, I brought a, a fishing kit. Yeah, with a pile of meat. You, you have a fishing kit. <laughs> Not on you, but I, I would imagine in the pack at the yeah, guest house. Back in the... Uh, totally ready for action. And you actually know what's what you're talking about. You are practiced. You've been hunting alone or with a couple of friends, not with a horde of servants to protect you. And she can respect that. You, you feel like at first, she kind of wrote you off. You're not sure why, but she just first impression of you, she didn't really like you. Maybe it's because you're an oval and you look like an oval. But... Yep. But she she definitely warms up as you talk to her, and uh, as you spend the last like ten or so minutes before the joust connecting with her, and you really feel like you're starting to leave an actual impression. So that brings us to the main event, as Count Bartleby Lothian finally emerges, and uh, he has a few servants just kind of flowing behind him carrying various plates covered in wine cups as he steps up to the head of the tilt and everyone backs away and one of his servants hands him a fairly large like conical horn and he raises it to his lips and uh, speaking through it his voice is amplified as he induces the beginning of the yearly tanager jubilee joust can't properly call it a tournament according to baron okara but we all understand. Let's take a break real quick before we start slamming each other with lances. 
because that seems like a perfectly good opportunity to get that out of the way. And when we get back... Alright. So. Ladies and gentlemen. The jousting tournament begins. Now, I don't have... This is, this is going to be sheer theater of the mind here. Because how we're going to run this, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not map movement or anything. You have no say over where you're going. It's pretty straightforward. You're on your horse at one end of the tilt. You are going to run very fast to the other end of the tilt. You're going to take your lance and you are going to do your best to slam into the person who is running at you trying to do the same thing. Now, Baron O'Kara steps up and explains the scoring system. As this is a very casual, friendly event, it's going to be simplified, and it's also going to be slightly subjective. You score one point for connecting with your lance. You score a second point if you fully unseat your opponent from their steed. And... There is a third additional point that can be handed out for just sheer spectacle. If you do something absolutely fantastic, you can just earn the victory point. But it has to involve at least unseating them. But you can possibly get a third point for doing spectacularly cool things. Now, all the lances that are being used here are blunted. Which means they are going to be dealing non-lethal damage mechanically. So, ideally, you are not going to be murdering each other with the blunted lances. Anybody Let's who hurt. does not have the proper armor for this is more than free to take a breastplate. They have horses, blunted lances, and breastplates for anyone who, wanted to, who came and just wants to participate. It is highly advisable that if you are not wearing heavier armor, you just wear the breastplate but that is completely up to you if you really feel like you aren't going to do well but you do not get your dexterity bonus to your AC during the joust what was that you're kind of on a horse running at each other that said if you're not proficient in medium armor Putting on the breastplate is going to mean that the AC check penalty applies to your attack rolls, which is going to make it harder for you to hit with the lance because you're just not used to having a breastplate on. And that penalty is going to be minus four. You can choose the ride in light armor, should you wish. Here's a question. Uh, can I ride in my armor, but have shield cast on me? No spells. No spells, no magic. Uh, this is purely a friendly physical competition. Uh, there is no support from potions or magical items or anything, and it's no one's gonna like inspect you, but it's on a system of honor that you're going to take off anything like a uh, belt of uh, incredible dexterity or rings of protection or anything like that are gonna come off before you ride. That said, it's not impossible to hide things like that. But it's fairly unsporting. Is there any type of visible tell that shield is on me? Yes. There's a floating disc. There's a floating arcade yes. shield orbiting you. It's incredibly I it was obvious. translucent. 
it's translucent, but it's still a floating, shimmering shield of magical energy. It's like revolving around your body like a halo over shield. I mean, that's there's there's no conceivable way you can hide the fact that you have shield cast on you, uh, okay. other than like having somebody else cast minor illusion and concentrate on it, and the illusion is that you don't have shield cast on you. That's that's what you would need realistically. Probably my so, favorite part about this is that you lose any dexterity bonus. Follow-up question. Who is not proficient in lances that is participating? I don't I know. I think it's just Dara. Just, just so, Dara. Yeah. Uh, your proficiencies are based purely on your class, Ren. And so if you go to Guns, the Gunslinger page, which I'm assuming you probably have open just in case you needed it for something, knowing you. Um, the first thing it lists below the big table... Oh, you oh, actually yeah. are! Gunsling gunslingers are proficient with all martial weapons. Okay, all right. of you are actually proficient in lances. It's fantastic. Wait, are bolt aces? Ooh, good question. Do, I don't think bolt aces change proficiencies at all. They get crossbow proficiencies for or something. They get Crossbows something stupid, I thought. Everyone's already proficient with yeah, you're proficient with the, the exotic crossbows instead of firearms. But it doesn't change anything about the fact that you're just proficient with okay. all martial weapons. So all three of you are actually proficient with all martial weapons. So you're all proficient in lances. Nobody has to deal with having just a straight-up minus four penalty to using a lance. Now, the follow-up question. <laughs> Ride. <laughs> who is not proficient in medium armor? Because I, don't I think, think that proficient. is Inori and Dara. But I've got light you armor do on. I mean, I'm fine. Bonus in this. I, I misspoke completely. You do by default get your dex bonus. You lose dex if you can't, if you're focusing entirely on staying on the horse is what it is. So you don't actually lose your dexterity bonus by default. But if you can't pass a ride check, you're going to lose your dexterity bonus. I've actually trained in ride, but for some reason, well, I mean, it makes sense to have it, but I don't have any modifier for it, I guess. It's because of your armor. Uh, yeah, that's probably because it is right as a dex skill, mm. and your dex is only plus one, yeah. and your armor check penalty is minus one. Which, which makes sense. And you don't have a rank in ride. It's yeah, just that, a class yeah, skill for you. So you're, it, it watches out. Your plus one to dex watches out with the uh, armor check penalty. So hey, Next time, though, you, I'm going to throw one in there. Either of you that want to take a breastplate, because Nell's already wearing one, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, yours is magical, so when they call for no magical, I would if you take want to put on a mundane breastplate, like again, no one's like inspecting this. No one's. This is word of honor because it's just a friendly tournament. Yeah, uh, they can, no, they can I, give I you wouldn't a mundane say so. Breastplate. Okay, so you you would ask for one. You would say yours is enchanted, uh, and you step up to the servants, uh, leave your magical breastplate with them in their care, and put on a standard mundane breastplate. Does my shield matter? You can use the shield, yes. Alright, I'm gonna need a normal heavy shield then as well. I believe... Actually, let me double check. Lances might be two-handed. They're one-handed when riding horses. That's what I thought. So, uh, anyone that wants a breastplate or a heavy steel shield, or heavy wooden shield is what they have, is free to take one. But you will take the non-proficiency penalty, which is that armor check penalty applies to your attack rolls. So it will be harder for... It also applies to your ride check. 
So putting on heavy armor is going to make you worse at riding a horse. Because it turns out if you don't know how to ride a horse, trying to ride a horse in heavy armor is not going to make it easier. And uh, same with the shield. But they will... They will increase your AC. For reference, if either of you want to take a shield, and you're heavily encouraged by the participants here to take a shield, because they're all just kind of standard jousting gentlemen and women. The shield will give you plus two to your AC for minus, uh, an extra minus two armor check penalty, and minus two to your attack roll if you're not proficient in shields. Which, Dara, you are definitely not. Uh, in Ori, I don't believe you are either. Because he's, his magic is entirely designed to have her freehand casting spells. Do either of you want her shield? I mean, I feel like I need to be able to ride more than I need to have a shield. Like, as long as, as I don't actually than die. Not obliterated. As long as I don't actually die, I feel like I need to be able to ride and I need all of the uh, dexterity I can get and the. So, I mean, as long as I don't actually die, I think I'll be fine. Okay. What about you, Inori? No shield, uh, but I think I will wear that heavy armor. All right, so you it's have, really what, suck. a chain shirt on right now? Yeah. A chain shirt gives you plus four. The breastplate gives you plus six. So your AC is going to go up by two, but you are going to have an additional minus two... Uh, to your armor check penalty. So you can just put minus two in temporary modifiers on your ride, because that's where it's going to matter. And you're also going to be rolling at a minus four on your attack rolls. But as uh, Okara explains to not only you, but several other uh, just local nobles who want to participate and are not familiar before, the armor and uh, the protection is more important, because he would much rather have two people riding past each other, barely able to hold their lances up, and just riding on by and everyone having a giggle than he would <laughs> someone rides out there without armor and gets seriously injured. Safety is his priority here. <laughs> We're trying not to kill people with our friendly jousting competition. Dara, do you want the breastplate? I feel like I'm just gonna fall off if I have it on. Because I'm only, I can only technically ride as it is. Well, Baron O'Kara would tell you. Well, the the horses know what they're doing. Right? You borrow on the horse; it's more or less gonna just run forward. And the weight of the armor's, if anything, gonna make it easier to just stay put. Or if you do fall off, hurt you less when you hit the ground. It's not as complex as even trying to ride a horse around casually since they're just going in a single direction. As long as you get your feet in the stirrups and you got a good grip, you aren't you aren't going off the horse anytime soon unless you get hit with the lance. Uh, I mean, you got a chain shirt on under there, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable with something heavier on you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Okay, I guess I'll take... I guess I'll take the, the armor. Fine. <laughs> So you take a, you also uh, on your character sheet. There is the ride skill. There's temp is the last column. Just put minus two in the temp for ride, so we don't have to go through and actually put that you like have a breastplate on because you're just gonna have it on for this. Okay. 
and uh, and you and both of you as well, in because we're just gonna be using the regular melee here. Uh, Shenmue, I believe. You need to go into your configuration tab for your character. Okay. And you need to go down to attacks and change melee ability to strength because you can't finesse a lance. Oh, you already have strength. No, I keep thinking you're next for some reason. Yeah, you are, strength you are mage. Uh, both of you guys, though, put a minus four in the temporary modifier for your melee. Uh, just the one that's right below base attack bonus above your weapons and your CMD is melee. Just change that zero to a minus four uh, for the penalty for wearing the heavier breastplate. Okay. 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 So the first round, Baron O'Kara himself takes the field almost as a demonstration, uh, riding against one of his friends who he introduces as Lieutenant Marina Gorgias, who has so graciously agreed to be the test run for this first round here so they can simply just demonstrate a proper form and you can at least see somebody go before any of you have to hit the field. They take their horses, uh, each of them having brought their own, barded with iron across the horse's head and down their neck and their body to keep the animal safe as well. And uh, each of them has these white, blunted lances uh, with the tips cut entirely off, almost a full foot down from the point, and then rounded. So the lance is a bit shorter than a normal lance, a bit lighter, a little bit easier to wield, and much, much less deadly. And as Count Lothied steps forward and puts his hand in the air, both the lieutenants and the baron raise their lances up, down towards the tilt at each other in a show of respect. And as Count Lothied drops his hand, the horses begin to move, spurred forward by their riders as they bring the lances down to port, point toward each other. Both riders hunch forward over their horse, uh, trying to bring their shield around as effectively as possible to cover themselves. But of course, you're wielding your lance on the side facing the opponent. So your shield is on your offhand, getting brought around just to cover your front as well as you possibly can. Both of them seem relatively stable. They're both good riders and they're both clearly very experienced. Obviously, Baron O'Kara has been brought up several times as a tournament jouster. Uh, and the national circuit. He very much knows what he's doing and is solidly demonstrated as he uses his shield and just with a slight change of angles, the impact comes, shunts the lieutenant's lance to the side and slams his squarely onto the edge of her shield, catching it, pushing it back into her breastplate and almost physically lift, just lifting her back off of the horse. It's almost comical as the horse continues running forward and the lieutenant simply stops moving in, in the air as the lance impacts her before she tumbles over backwards onto the ground. And uh, the horse, uh, a couple servants hurry out to bring the lieutenant's horse under control as the Baron slows him down and raises his shield up in victory as he turns around, having scored two points for successfully unseating his first opponent. Second to the field is Lord Titus Lothied, everyone's favorite Lothied family member, who I'm oh, sure yeah. has taken your hearts away from Lady Martelli, your original love, with just his sheer, unadulterated, charming character. Uh, riding his own white steed, facing off against another of the 
local nobles that uh, none of you had been introduced to previously. And they take their positions, they ride, and Titus, in a rare show, seems to take this relatively seriously. He's not joking around or just show uh, showboating like he had been playing Billion Ticket Star before. He's, he's going pretty hard at this. And as he goes, they collide, and the other rider's lance, uh, they seem to just be having some amount of difficulty staying on their horse in the first place. They're clearly less experienced. And as they're jostling, their lance goes just sailing straight over Titus's head as Titus easily knocks them off the side of their state and onto the ground. Up next, we have Nell. Riding Nell. against Baronet B. Pobbin. <laughs> Can you use handle animal checks for riding, or is it only ride? It is just riding. Handle animal, there's a... You are not getting out of using the skill called ride to ride the high. I, <laughs> like, I, I believe in your ability to find a logical reason that you could not use ride to ride, but that's not happening. So you have a loner horse here. You, didn't bring, you don't have like a combat-trained horse experience in this. You just take one of the ones that they had uh, several uh, brought in to a small paddock specifically for this situation. You mount on your horse, you take up your position opposite Baronet Pobbin. <laughs> and as Count Lothied raises his hand, Pobbin raises her lance up to the sky and towards the, down the tilt towards you. Do you do the same show of respect here? No? Of course. You raise your lance as well, and as his arm drops, the horses ride. Now, this is a show in two acts as far as how we're doing this mechanically. First off, simply make me a ride check. <laughs> and you get a four. You are very heavily oh. armored. And you are not good at riding, and this is not exactly your forte. Uh, Baronet Pobbin gets a 26. <laughs> You're about to get faced, With today's my first glorious natural 20. So, <laughs> Baron O'Kara was not wrong. Regardless of how bad your skills at riding a horse are, you're not going to fall off of this without some exorbitant effort to almost do it intentionally or take a fall for some reason. You're staying on and you are still riding towards her, but you find it more difficult to bring your lance and your shield under control. And as you collide, make an attack roll with your lance. So just click the regular melee button on the character sheet there. Uh, with a 19, you connect. Your lance connects with her. And for her, what is your AC right now? Uh, It went down a little bit. Yeah, because you swatched the mundane breastplate. It's just one lower, right? Uh, 18, because I had to do mundane shield. Ah, I went down one to show one for the breastplate. Fair enough. All right, so you're at 18. And uh, Baronet Pobbin, while good at writing, is not 
super fantastic at the lancing part. And she's clearly at home on a horse, very much less so with a lance. And her lance, uh, just, she can't bring the sway under control. And it goes by, uh, on her own side, not connecting with you. So you collide with your lance. So damage on this, you're probably just gonna have to, uh, slash roll it, I assume. Damage on a lance is 2d8 plus double your strength modifier because this is considered charging on a horn horseback. This is the entire purpose of a lance. Not lethal, but pretty me pretty meaty. And you hit her for 13 damage with that lance. And so when you are struck with the lance, the final roll you have to make is another ride check to try to stay in the saddle. Oh boy. And she does remain in the saddle. So you catch her, and she spins a bit uh, off bell as it like tilts off to the side and kind of like holds her shoulder as her lance arm just, she kind of just hangs it down and almost drags the lance across the ground. But you don't knock her clean out of the seat. And uh, the crowd cheers. Nell, you get a point. Keep tracking your points, my friend. <laughs> One point for connecting. Not bad for my first time ever jousting. Up next, Sir Dara Rostam versus oh. Lady Inori Dentho. Oh, you guys are the big ones that kiss each other. Brilliant. So both of you, again, taking rental horses, rental lances, rental breastplates, and uh, I don't think either of you took the shield. No. Square up at opposite ends of the pitch, and you face each other, ready for action. <laughs> this is, I guess, good for you, because you are both equally terrible <laughs> at this, so... This this may be a no contact ride by. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> and as Lothian raises his hand, both of you struggle to kind of to raise your lances up as you shift uncomfortably in your armor and your saddles. He drops them and the horses begin to run forward. Both of you make me ride checks. Uh, Dara gets a 15. <laughs> and Nori gets a 10. So the way this works is uh, you're both actually doing decently. Those are both decent rolls. Okay, good. And I mean, again, ten, keeping my 10 is average. Like, just riding a charging horse is like a 5 or a 10, just the right way or metal. So you, you both settle in. And like Okara told you, the weight kind of helps you stay in the seat slightly better. And you ride towards each other. Lower your lances. Both of you make me melee attack rolls. With your okay, first before we do that, don't click your buttons yet. What are your ACs right now? Mine says uh, nineteen, but I don't think it changed. Uh, you. So what did we change? Uh, your AC. Where did you get nineteen from? Did like you not take off? With, I mean, you should take uh, off. She, what okay, you had so you have. Replaced. Oh, it's because yeah, because you actually have a really high AC. Because you have plus one, you have a plus one chance share, and you have for next. It would actually be one higher than that, because the breastplate gives you one better AC. So you're actually you are AC twenty right now. <laughs> and Nori, what are you? Keep in mind the breastplate is six, so it raises you by two. So uh, I'm 
Mine, I think it's 18. I think. Um, yeah, it would go up by two. And I was at 16, so yeah, that's right. That sounds right, yeah. What did you put? Did you actually put it in your sheet to change it? Because I see it's already showing 18. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I put it on there. I Because... I actually figured the chain shirt comes off and you replace with the other things, so I was just wrote it in as right. Four. Are you wearing your ring of protection? You take that off. Nah. Keep it. Well, I mean, I I, I technically forgot I had it on. <laughs> All right, that that sounds fine to me. So if you still have your ring of protection on, you're at ten uh, plus one from your dex, plus one from your deflection plus six from your armor. So yeah, you are at 18. I don't know how you managed to change that number. Oh, you I did it in the temp right next to it. Okay, fair enough. So you're AC 18, Dara's AC 20. <laughs> Both of you roll me melee. Uh, just click on the melee button and have that minus four penalty in there. But the temp is already... Yeah, I already have it in the temp too. Yeah, if you have it in the temp, it'll show it. It'll, it'll add you right. Dara gets a one! <laughs> Plus four bad, minus four non-efficiency penalty. <laughs> and Inori gets a 21. So uh, as, you two ride, <laughs> as you two ride down the pitch at each other and level your lances, both of you settle into the seat, but kind of unfamiliar with the general joust. We get one whiff and one hit as Dara catches the end of Inori's lance. Dara, make me another ride check. Uh, all right. And Dara gets launched off the back of his horse. Oh, no. Not just hit, uh, but unseated, because I don't I don't think you can physically roll below that. But roll me your damage. I wanted to see what you had to beat. I'm positive you actually can't get below a 9 with 2d8 plus double your strength. So I'm, am I wrong? Dara doesn't have a lot of strength. It's a Nori. Oh. Yeah, Nori. Oh, okay, yeah. I think 10 is the minimum Nori can get. So Dara's getting launched. Oh, is it? Does it wait? Double your strength. Oh, double. So that'd be. I was like, wait, more. how is it that low? So yeah, you would hit, you would hit it for twelve. So Dara, you take twelve non-lethal damage. Uh, so you're free to track this how you want, because I don't actually think there's a super great place for it on the character sheet. Oh, there is actually a place for it that I can't shoot. There's a non-lethal thing. I play your HP. So put twelve non-lethal damage in there. And as I said, you get you get just launched backwards off of your horse as Inori's lance impacts you. Inori, <laughs> you get two points. Keep track of your score, my points. dudes, as we head into the second round here. <laughs> but before we start up this second round, there is actually a second game going on. And over here in the field ah. behind the tilt, we have Dame Crab. And Lady mm -hmm. Kahina Abendego enjoying themselves with a much simpler game. Mm -hmm. Now, you can hear the background of your thing is punctuated by rounds of applause, occasional cheering, and people getting thrown into the dirt. I have, no, well as... I have no idea that my husband just went fly. <laughs> just getting launched off of their mounts. You're over here playing a much, much more casual game in the corner with Dame Crab. 
Now, I ask you a similar question there, Lance Proficiency. Are you proficient with light hammers? Light hammers? Yes. I have martial weapons. I'm pretty that... sure it's a martial weapon. But let me double check. I spent so much time setting up the webcam situations I didn't actually put nearly as much into having all this ready. It is a light martial melee weapon. So if you're okay. proficient in martial weapons, you're proficient with light hammers. So uh, you get a plus two on the checks here because what you're wielding, this little wooden spoon for you to mm -hmm. do your business here is effectively just a light hammer. And you're playing, okay. seriously again, just a really, really nice casual game out here. Mm -hmm. No intense background jousting music. And uh, after having an, uh, introduced you and several other nobles to the rules, you, Dame Crab, and a, a few other nobles out here begin taking turns just trying to bat these various balls around. There's some strategy in the game, whether you want to try to just score directly by hitting hoops or possibly take some penalties to your own position to knock opponents out of the way and prevent them from scoring. But for the most part, it comes down to your ability to hit the ball and put the ball where you want it to be. You don't happen to have weapon-focused light hammers, do you? No, I, I have this, this military tradition thing, which subs in for the exotic and light and uh gain proficiency martial exotic weapons appropriate okay. to our culture so being the gracious hostess here and you being new to marat they allow you to go first so okay. quite simply you make a dexterity check and add to it because you're proficient with the light hammers okay and so dex plus two they're just yeah there should be a a temporary thing for dexterity like because if you there just click on dexterity it'll roll uh, there's yeah. a temp thing out there and you can put four because you got to put in four to have it actually give you the plus two okay so just put four in your temp dex and then just click mm -hmm. on that dex button okay and you get I a whiff. seven so i mean you're <laughs> out here having a good time but you're not particularly uh you're great at this and it goes around a couple of the other nobles take their hits uh, Crab seems to actually be pretty good at this, and with her first tee off, her ball goes sailing across the field through a small ring, some thirty feet away, uh, scoring her two points. It's your Ooh. turn again. Your okay. Deck deck. Uh, first to seven takes the round. No. Oh. Not, not your forte. <laughs> <laughs> really, really isn't. I am the one. We got, we got strength, strength, party strength here with our team, and nobody mm -hmm. is really great at these kind of games of finesse, be it billiards or what is effectively yard billiards. Mm -hmm. And uh, your ball goes careening like off the corner of your mallet, <laughs> right off, uh, forty-five degrees away from where you're trying to hit the thing. And I mean, they're everyone here's not gracious, and everyone's just kind of out having fun. I mean, there's like a, a bit. Of, uh, oh, K just, Kahina uh, would totally laugh at herself <laughs> at being bad, bad at it. No, one, no one's gonna like make fun of you or be rude to you about this or anything. <laughs> uh, but she, uh, Dame Crab, taps her ball again and uh, gently just knocks another uh, opposing noble's ball out of the way for a single point, putting her at three. I'll be the check. Okay. Come on, dice, warm up, warm up, do a thing. Uh, with a fourteen. You're you are determined to end this <laughs> this game with at least one point. 
So you line up, forget strategy. There's a there's a ball over there, and you are gonna touch that ball with your ball if it is the last thing that happens to you. <laughs> but you're kind of far off the field at this point, and you've hit it, trying to be gentle and finesse, and you just actually don't hit it hard enough. Aww. As it kind of just peter off track and just comes to a stop of a few inches in front of the, <laughs> your target. And it goes around. And a couple of the other nobles knock theirs around, and Crab once again hits hers through a, a, a hope nearby where she'd left herself after her last stroke, putting up to five points, and she's mm-hmm. still in the lead here. Uh, as most of the people around the, the group are fairly new. Only a next gen. All right. And unfortunately, it's starting to look like you're actually going to end this first round here without scoring any points. <laughs> Which is just generally Aww. disappointing, but not the worst thing that's ever happened because it's gonna you're gonna have a a couple of rounds mm-hmm. to learn the game, yeah. Over here. And as it goes around that fourth turn, Crab hits her ball back through that same hoop as no one had taken the opportunity to displace her, putting her at seven points and taking the round. Now, as you're out here, this is a much less intense event than jousting. Mm-hmm. Now, Titus and Okara themselves are physically participating in the joust. And uh, Tribune Honora is very, very interested in watching it. But the rest of the nobles are just kind of casually, uh, the ones that are influenceable, the ones that are the big deal that matter here, you'd be a big boys, are you most for the most part just kind of like around watching or just in the area. So, Trucko is a gentle enough game that you actually get a social round while you're playing. Mm, okay. So, you can attempt to influence or make a discovery on Dame Crab, or even uh, during other players' turns, to strike up a conversation with nearly any of the rest of the nobles, other than Okara, Titus, and Honora. Okay. Um, so, there, there's other named people and stuff I can speak with? Yeah, you got Sir Gusarn is out here. Because he was really cool, and you seemed to hit it off pretty well with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Count Lothian's also otherwise occupied right in the game. Uh, okay. But that Baroness that Inori had spoke to, I'm just going to make here is the... Mm-hmm. Over here on the other side of the tilt are people that are too preoccupied with the Okay. Uh, talk to those people. Alrighty. Well, I, I actually did kind of hit it off here with, uh, with our half-elf friend down here. So I will just... <laughs> Barry, <laughs> I walk over near him uh, and 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 just be laughing, and uh, and I'll be. <laughs> are you, sir? Are you any good at this game? Do you have any pointers for me? Because I seem to be extremely bad at it, and just like laughing at my own inability to to play. And uh, Sir Guisarn here has posted himself exactly at the, the intersection of these two rows at the far end of the tilt, which as you walk over to him, you immediately notice is the optimal position for him to stand to be able to oversee everything that is happening. He can see back into the ballroom and the main hall of the mansion. He can see through the tents and up the tilt and everyone at the jousting field. He can see all you playing Treco and he can see out into the greater estate as a whole. Uh, his positioning here is very much more tactical than it is to give him a good sporting view of anything. So he turns to look to you, 
I'm gonna turn this gaze back over to Dame Crab and the rest of them moving some hoops around, setting up for another round. And uh, if I don't play Shaco, Madame, I have no advice for you. Oh. Well, you seem to be very eagle-eyed, and uh, maybe I, I don't know. I'm not very dexterous. It would uh, it would help me greatly. Um, if you if you've noticed anything, any any small advantage that might help me, and then just kind of he looks back out towards the field and looks back towards you, and then turns back to the chest. This is his habit of not really addressing you when he talks to you. Because I'm sorry, Madame. There's nothing valuable that I've noticed. Mm. My attention is unfortunately elsewhere. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, can I? Can I just roll dice at his head, or if you want to, just... if you want to stay here, uh, again, he's he's not going to be rude. He's not going to mm. directly. He's not interested in what anything. I have to say at and all. He's not like totally occupied, so you can do an influence and discovery check against him. Okay, it's just he doesn't. He. he, he doesn't at the moment seem particularly warm or receptive to you, but that's the okay. point of influence check system. Maybe change that. All right. So, so an influence or um, a discovery. If you want a to discovery. do a discovery for him, it is sense motive or knowledge local. Okay. Let's see. That will be definitely sense motive since that's higher. Let's see if we can roll something that's. Uh, with a 21, do you want to learn a strength, a weakness, or an influence skill? Um, let's do, let's do an influence skill. Okay. So we kind of know what to. We can learn something about Sergei Sarn here. He is very much an aristocrat through and through. And as you're talking to him, he is giving you what is the absolute minimum of formally required politeness. Uh, he's, And he is, although he does not seem interested, polite almost to a fault in how he addresses you. Uh, appearances okay. and beyond that, how just the general manners and etiquette of nobility seem very much important to him. And so, knowledge, nobility itself may okay. give you some amount of way to endear yourself. What little amount you can to serve okay. Sarden. Uh, do you, does he have a handout so I can write that down? I believe you have it. It should be in your journal. Pretty sure I already showed you that one. Did I not? Mm, no. Nope. Let me give it to you. He is not in here. And he is not currently equipped. This is his token, token. He's not currently holding the crossbow, or he doesn't have the quiver across his back. Right now, all he has is a short sword at his hip. Okay. Let me give you the ability to edit this. There you go. Right. So, with that wrapped up, that brings us back around to the main event, the <laughs> jousting. As everyone readies up for the second round. Now, pairings have been updated based on the current standings, and the good news is that Inori has scored two points and is in the leading group here. So you get to ride against Lord Titus to open up round two. 
not hearing sounds of excitement. Right. I believe in you. I'm very excited to get get an opportunity to learn Titus. In fact, so, can, can I can I meet him like at the center before we go our separate ways to to, to you know set up and kind of wish him luck. Uh, when your names are called the different ends of the, the, the tilt here, because it's so long and because there's the, so many rounds that they're trying to push through here, you generally go directly towards okay. the far side. So you wouldn't be at a point, unless you were standing near him originally, uh, where you could meet up with him beforehand. I'll put a pin in that. So you go to the far end with your uh, loader horse that they have set up for you, and Titus gets his white stallion ready at the far side uh, with a, an almost like jet black ebony iron barding all across it. It looks like a chess piece that he's riding on going into battle here. And as Count Lothian raises his hand, Titus smiles and raises his lance up. And I assume you, uh, in turn, raise yours. As as she raises the lance, though, she's definitely saying to CR, and if you have any ability to help me here, now would be the time, my friend. And CR, in your enchanted sword, uh, your intelligent sword, your black blade, Simba replies very simply in your mind. <laughs> this is gonna be good. <laughs> Best response ever. Ah, okay. <laughs> as Lothi's hand drops, so do your and Titus's lances as you barrel toward each other down the tilt. Roll me a ride check. Pretty good. You get a 13. Not bad. And uh, Titus gets an 18. So Titus gets the advantage on the attack here. As you're riding it, you are steady in your seat. And Titus is leaned over. And he's focused. But as you close, and you get about halfway closing the gap towards each other... You can see Titus tilt his head up a bit and uh, kind of, he still has, still grinning. And he just puts his shield arm down. Off to the side. <laughs> Roll me to tackle. What a. What a. Oh my goodness. She's absolutely going to try to capitalize on that. <laughs> He's just, yeah. like, holding his shield down to this side. And, uh, with a 16, you are having none of this. And ah. you steady, you put your lance down, and you catch his shoulder. He, meanwhile, your AC is 18 right now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> he catches you as well. So with all of his effort focused into the lance, you catch his shoulder and he catches yours. This is honestly, if any of you have ever been to like, what was the, what's that stupid medieval times? Is that what the restaurant's yeah, it was. called? Are they yeah. actually do jousting? This is probably our 90% of jousts in is you both just obliterate each other. Uh, you ride down the tilt towards each other. <laughs> just, just going. And you connect and collide. 
roll me damage. Please tell me both of you are about to just be left sitting in the air with the horses running away. hilarious if you just watch each other <laughs> off the horses. That'll be the best time. Horses just taking I off with his face down so in the bad. mud. Oof. Oof. You got a 15. Alright, well, let's see if Titus stays on. With another 18 on the ride, Titus rolls with it, and you spin him, and you score the point for connecting. But he almost, like, stands up in the saddle to absorb the blow here, uh, so he can twist and roll with the head a little better before he seats himself back down. He takes it like a champ, but he takes 15 non-lethal damage. You, meanwhile... don't feel nearly as much impact as you would expected uh, as you also take 15 damage and make me a ride check he doesn't hit you particularly hard the majority of the the impact is just the momentum of the horse riding uh, it seems like he was all he felt like he really had to do was hit you and he was correct as you hit and spin him and that just turns him with you as he gets to see you tumble off of the side out of your saddle and spin onto the ground, uh, rolling through the dirt as you take 15 non-lethal damage. Ugh. So Titus at the end with some a little more scattered cheering and applause. They seem a bit con uh, mixed in opinion on the sportsmanship of just putting his shield off to the side. But they have to respect the skill, and he gets two points for unsating you, and you get one point for hitting him. So you are at three, Titus is at four. Next up is Nell Stalwart versus Baron O'Kara. Oh! As the pairing has awesome. set this down. And uh, as you both had your opposite of the tilts, the Baron turns around and uh, smiles and gives you a nod and puts his hand, uh, puts, a, puts a fist up. Like, I believe in you. And he uh, actually just shouts out on the tilt, Good luck, Sir Stalwart! I'm hoping I'll turn you off the sport entirely! <laughs> I'll raise my fist and tell him thanks. Hopefully I don't end up on my back. Let's do this. He goes down, gets on his steed. You mount up on yours. As slowly he raises his hand, you raise your lances. And he, uh, he grins and just kind of gives you a, a nod as the hands and the lances come down and you two begin to ride at each other. Make me that ride check. A little better that time. Nine. That is, in fact, better. That's progress. can't lose but he could tie you okay he gets a 12 so he gets the uh, the riding advantage here as you guys come in and close and uh, as you come in okara he's just he's just jousting the just he got blunted lances and he's kind of seemingly counting on the blunted lances not deleting you from existence as he doesn't appear to disrespect or dishonor you by not putting his best into it he has settled forward in the saddle. He has got his shield fully up and his lance coming off the side of it, pointed, tipped directly towards you. 
as you ride. Make me that attack roll. And, uh, Can I fight third... defensively on a horse? No, you're striking each other simultaneously, so I don't think so. Okay. Because fight defensively doesn't occur until after you collide, and this is like a simultaneous collision. You could power attack, but I don't know if you have that. No, I don't. Uh, regardless, with a 13, he catches the tip of your lance and shunts it up, uh, tilting his shield, shunts it up over his head as you ride by. And his lance slips past your guard and catches almost, again, just centered in your breastplate. Uh, this dude knows what he's doing, jousting. He is, I was going to say he's not here to play games, but he categorically is here to play a game. <laughs> it's just a game that he's really, really good at, to be fair. And as the lance connects with you squarely and solidly dead on, you take 16 damage. And just like, ha what, that oh, was yeah. a pretty good ride roll, but it just as happened to the lieutenant previously, you feel yourself like that wind is knocked out of you as Baron O'Kara's lance just strikes directly into your breastplate and picks you up and you probably like a 16 non-lethal hit is almost like daze you for an instant before you just get dropped on the ground by the lance. And he pulls his horse to a stop uh, relatively quickly and uh, wheels it back around his side of the tilt before he hops off and comes over to you and uh, sticks a hand out to help you up off the ground. He's just kind of laughing. Uh, he's just kind of laughing about it. He's like, you okay? The Star Wars, you doing all right? I'd be able to laugh that off. I'm pretty tough. Hey, he, he picks you up and claps you on the shoulder. He's like, yeah, it was a good ride. It was a good joust. You're doing, honestly, for a beginner, much better than I'd expect it. I think uh, usually you don't have to block with someone's first couple of rides. They just miss it entirely. You got it on point. You're getting there. That was a good show. And he's he just... If it comes off as a little patronizing, you get the feeling he doesn't intend it that way. He's just... Yeah. Trying to be a good sport. And maybe trying a little bit too hard. Trying uh, almost as hard to make an impression at you than you guys are at him. Uh, and he scores two more points for unsaving you. That leaves us with Dara who is going to be riding against the Baronet Paven from round one. So, Dara, are you ready for some horse shenanigans? I'm ready. You reach her into the tilt, lance salute, and you ride. Give me the ride check. Seventeen. To Paven's seven. <laughs> means that you definitely have the better advantage here. Uh, Paben, though familiar with riding, is again just really unfamiliar with the lance. And the extra weight, uh, similar to what you guys are experiencing, of the armor and the shield and the lance is kind of throwing her off balance a little bit. So, for your melee roll here, since you won the ride off, you get a plus two. So go ahead and raise your temporary modifier on the melee check by two, and then click it for me. And with a 19, you connect. That's definitely a hit. And with Paven's... Oh, oh no! Oh no! You just killed this guy! Oh. She, she is really, 
really rattled from the first round apparently <laughs> and she's not mad. she's He's not mad. taking the hit super great and she doesn't want to bow out of the tournament after one round but man <laughs> She's just trying this for fun, and it's really, really <laughs> obvious. And she's almost already, like, out of the saddle before you even connect with her. And her arms just both get knocked out of the way back, spread eagle behind her. Roll me damage. <laughs> uh, okay, so damage is... 2d8 plus double strength. Oh, okay, so I have zero yeah, strength. 2d8, so just 2d8. Okay. You had to hit slash R space before that. Oh. <laughs> okay. the heck? It's okay. You knew. Okay, it's what all was right. it? Everyone's got Slash lines. R? It took Shabby three years to learn how to roll dice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's slash R? Yeah, over there. <laughs> yeah, slash R space 2D. Slash R space 2D8. Okay. There you go. You hit Paben for nine non lethal. Let me see if she stays in the saddle here. She's going to try her best. Oh, with those rolls. Can we get a third hard one? Okay, low, but not a hard one. And she takes it, and she's only in the saddle because her feet are in the stirrups, and she, like, <laughs> jammed them in there. She just, like, flaps back, almost laying back down on the horse. And she slowly, like, recovers and reaches forward with her shield arm, drops her lance on the ground, and just tries to pull herself back up and bring the horse to a, uh, to a stop. And several of the servants rush up to try and help her get the horse under control. And at the end of that round, uh, Count Lothied brings in a cleric from the neighboring town of Lothidar from his tributary to, you know, just to keep the competition going for those that would like to continue participating and for them to just help out as little as they can. And they can't do a ton, but every two rounds, they'll be able to give you a little bit of a refresher. As through his holy symbol of Abadar, the cleric channels one and then a second wave of holy energy pulsing out of his body. So each of you who have non-lethal damage on you, heal for ten. And then we'll go into round three in a second. But first, oh, guess first. what time it is? It's Trucko time. So, second round of Trucko. Kahina, we're going to do it. We're going to score at least one point this time, okay? You ready? She doesn't sound super ready. Oh, oh she's ready. Well, she wasn't super ready. Was it eight on the she's dexterity muted. check? I think she's, she's muted. I think you are muted. Nobody hears you if you're talking. Ah, I am so, so not ready. Apparently. Yeah, there's several flavors. It's a silent concentration as she tightens your grip on the hammer. Come on. We don't want to win. We just want to score at least this. one point. I don't got this. And wax it out and just gets a, a flush nothing. Uh, Crab, <laughs> thoroughly exhibiting her dominance at this. Once again, puts the ball to the ring on the first round, uh, the first turn, scoring two points. Only another dex check. <laughs> you can do it. I will. Woohoo! I can oh, say. She did it. I she did focuses the in. She's like, all right, 
We're gonna win. It's not about hitting a ball for a point. We're gonna put this through the hoop. Because watching Crab do it, it looks like maybe it's easier to put it through the actual hoops than it is to smack into the other balls. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but at this point, you're willing to try anything. And you sit, you focus, you breathe deep, you put that ball right through one of the rings. And you get two points! Woohoo! You did it! Did Crab gets two more points, is it four? Okay. Third turn. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this, gang. We got this, we got this, we got this, we don't got this. Yeah, we did. Eight! Twenty. Eight! Progress. So uh, sad. <laughs> Crab actually kind of whiffs it on this one. Uh, seemingly just hitting her ball off towards the middle of the field and mm. past the side of one of the rings, missing it completely and not connecting with anything, so still at four points. Mm, Turn right. four. Tina? Got this. Come on. Come on. What Eight. is up? Eight. Eight. Eight is Jeez. great. And you try to uh, save the opportunity, take your shot at Crab's ball, open in the middle, and just put right past it. And uh, leave yourself about a foot and a half past her ball in the grass. And Crab, uh, visibly excited, steps over, taps her ball into yours, and through that contact, sends yours through a ring, giving her the three points she needs to win the round. Oh. So, Crab 2, Kahina and the other three or so nobles out here playing, collectively zero. But you've got points that time and Wait, the real game four, she had four and got three that's seven yeah it's versus seven. Oh, i thought it was to eight never mind no it's i just seven. got eights on the brain i guess oh, yeah. all that's all <laughs> i can see the wrong your dice are eights but not oh, everything else is eights uh so you do out here though still have a social round so okay. not necessarily we're not gonna winning. try for we're gonna try for crab this time because yeah we we were getting nowhere with Sir Ghoul over there. Um, and she's perception. So while you're out playing, you just take mm -hmm. the opportunity to chat Dame Crab up mm -hmm. some more. Yep. Telling her all of the yep. things. And try. You're going to get a discovery, maybe. She'll mm -hmm. open up to you, playing some trucko. Give yeah. that perception check to try and uh, discover something about her. Okay. Let's see what we can discover. Do we discover That's something? The money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The twenty-three. You absolutely discover something. Do you want a str do you want a strength or her strength, her weakness, or an influence skill? I want to know a weakness. Okay. Crab is enjoying herself, and she is the dame and uh, the dame regent of her little town off to the west. And she explained most that she'd invited you out to tea from. Mm -hmm. But she's very much happy with her own life. And as Sepsinia had implied to... This fly is aggressive. Had implied to <laughs> Nell previously, Dame Crab is much more interested in her daughter's happiness than her own. Anyone who seems romantically inclined, potentially towards her daughter, or better yet, anyone who actively attempts to woo her will find herself very, very solidly in Parthena's favor. 
Oh, too bad that uh, Derp walked away because we had to fill him in for the plans. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't have to meet up with him later. And so somebody's that. getting married. Yeah. Uh, perhaps your way Derp, in with Derp, you might get a wife at all this. Because <laughs> apparently the daughter, the dating of the daughter is the way to go with Dame Crab. Back to the joust. The joust. As we set up the pairings for round three. What are your points at right now? I got three. You got one. three? Both of you guys have one? All right, cool. Sounds like Nell and Dara are riding against each other at oh, one point apiece. Boy. <laughs> that sounds like a spectacular setup right there. Let's put the mono pointers together. So, you two uh, opening up here set up at the opposite end of the tilt with a point to your name each. Each of you had made one contact in the previous two rounds and now um, slightly refreshed by the, <laughs> the channeling of positive energy from the Abadarian Cleric. You are ready to continue. Uh, Baronet, Payment, and a couple of the other more casual nobles at this point, even with the healing, have taken their leave and said, alright, that was fun, but I don't want to go anywhere. So the pool is starting to narrow down a bit. From an original 15 or so competitors, we are down now to 10. About a third of the field has, has left. But you two are going to ride against each other. So Dara, Nell, give me ride checks. Go, hubby! Oh, he's going. And I'm in Dara's corner. Come on, he's Dara! <laughs> Dara, you have the advantage on this one. So once again, you get the plus two to your attack roll during this ride. So Nell has 18 AC, Dara has 20. Both of you give me attack rolls. So you're two apart, but Dara has a minus two penalty for the breastplate, so you're pretty even here. Dara, trying. <laughs> Maybe some party just doesn't want to hurt your friend. I don't know. Nell feels absolutely <laughs> no such reservations whatsoever and just connects solidly with his lance. 2d8 plus W strength modifier. Oh my. Wow. Okay. That was, uh, he, 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 maybe he didn't recognize that it was Dara at the end. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I, I'm he's playing. In the zone. He's pumped. He's pumped. He's playing too hard. He's in the zone. Oh, no. He is just going for it. He is just about this right now. And he is not here to just mess around. He is here to make an impression and win. And he the swings same as his sword and just swings his lance up and slams it past his shield directly in, dealing 18 non-lethal damage to Dara. Are you conscious? If your non-lethal damage reaches your HP, you get knocked unconscious. Uh, my current HP is uh, 32. So I don't know how much non-lethal you have total on you. 20. Okay, so you're, you're still good for now then. But make me a ride technically. check. Boy, Dara, Dara could take shots. I mean, we've yeah, seen not technically. this before. He's, he's only halfway there. Oh, no. oh, Dara's gone. Dara's gone. Yeah. That's a launcher. You put your shoulder into this one. You put your lance forward and you, like, you thrust with it as you connect. And it doesn't so much just stall Dara out in the air. As it does, almost bumps him up backwards off the force, off the horse, where he has about three quarters of a flip before he lands on his front in the dirt. <laughs> you know, the he's horse. practicing. Nell's practicing for when he gets to like the big guys. He doesn't want to play easy because then he won't get the necessary practice in. 
He's, mm. oh, he's got some practice in. Uh, can you, I gotta hit Titus. Can you, yeah. uh, like Bryn, go into the audio settings in the thing, bottom left arrow next to the mic, and turn your mic up a little bit? But you, lifter, you launcher, you get two points. Welcome to the three point club, my dude. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Tarlan's the truck. <laughs> truck reveal. And I'm like, he's Darling! back in the mansion. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Inori, who is doing great after having convinced Baronet Payman she doesn't want to play anymore, is enjoying her new station in the front half of the pack. And you are going to ride against Lady Mona Sithis, who is one of the only people aside from you who has foregone the option to take a shield. And is wearing the breastplate, but not holding a shield in her offhand. And the two of you meet at opposite ends of the pitch, raise your lances, and ride toward each other. Give me the ride check. Come on, horsey. Be good to me. There's hers. She gets a 19, you get a 16. So you're both riding pretty solidly here. <laughs> but she has a little bit better control over horse. So she gets the plus two. So make me your attack roll. Your lance uh, whistles by as not that you necessarily aimed wrong, but just as that she seems like she rides her horse in a really odd way. It's almost not even straight down the tilt. She controls it a bit. It's almost like serpentining a bit and pulls herself almost completely off to the side. So her lance just barely reaches out and can try to catch at you as she rides by. And you're just not ready for this and you can't even like stick your lance out far enough. Uh, you're at 18 right now, right? 18 AC? Yep. So her own efforts to keep herself safe means that she as well just barely uh, whistles by with the lance as it swings right past uh, almost your head, what would have been bad, as she almost puts herself a bit off trying to go so wide, and it's just a no contact. Uh, and both of you come to a stop. Much respect. Near the end of the pitch. <laughs> Fortunately, for once, unharmed. For the end of round three. Meanwhile, I'm thinking I'll probably bow out of round four because I'm kind of an old guy. And that was <laughs> <laughs> Did you turn it like up or down? I feel like you're quieter than you were previously. I mean, I've got I, potions I if you want to. If you want to, Annie, back in. Can't have potions. No, I think that. Yeah. You can't buff. Are... I thought you could heal. You can. I mean, yeah. If you can heal, you can't. Like, no one's gonna like judge you or kick you out for for healing. That's not the issue. Uh, if you want to take a healing potion, you can absolutely take a healing potion. You can't take, like, shield or bark skin or whatever. You can totally take a healing potion. Uh, no, I think it's good. I mean, I think that was pretty good. We're, we're only really in this to, uh... Turn your mic up! I, yeah, I did! <laughs> Do it again! If it was it quieter the last time? Maybe I moved the wrong direction. The right is up. Yeah, that's what I did. It's like both... It's really I mean, you far. sound louder now. Yeah, you sound a little louder now. Is this uh, louder now? Yes, we're good. Out here on the fields of destiny, <laughs> Kahina attempts to get closer to beating Crab at Trucko. I'm on it. I believe. We all believe. We're all rooting. 
We got this, boys! We don't got this, boys! <laughs> it's not going fantastic in the field of structure. You're really oh. defying the odds right now. I is, am. This is a lot of impressive, rolls. actually. You're, you're doing <laughs> some, some power here. So, another whiff, and a crab starts out softly with a single point. Make another dex, dex check. <sighs> All right. I was sure that was a 19, but I funny disagree. Pretty, I thought it was. Oh, I, we believe, we're believing. In, you have the, you're putting the plus two in for... You have 12 decks, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you hit the plus two in there. It's just not going fantastically. Uh, another point for Crab puts her at two. You're up. Third okay. turn. Come on. Two points, you say? We're, we're here to defy statistics while we're doing it. Uh, crabs with the four, putting her ball through a hoop at the bottom of turn three. Turn four. Okay, you know, I can just imagine. How is he? Like, are you, are you just out here? I mean, everyone's mostly just having fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's just three, giggling. Are we getting to internally frustrated here? or Maybe possibly a little, but she's more just, like, laughing it up and... <laughs> just oh, laughing at other nobles are also not doing much better. Yeah. Uh, Crab, in the interest of this game not being six hours long, is just kind of winning because I mean, that's this is most of the nobles out right? here struggling to really mm -hmm. store anything, as most of them aren't familiar. I with mean, Trunko. it kind of submits the whole noble merchant thing. So yeah, he's just <laughs> just having a good time, having a good time, dreaming that one day you'll score points. Uh, Crab goes under hoop and gets up to six. They're rarely seen turn five, actually. We yeah. get a turn five here. Score. Score! Yay! You got a point. You knocked the ball. You did it. You're going to end this round at one, which is one more than zero. That's okay. She's As so excited. Crab just kind of hits towards the cluster to get the seventh point and then this one off. Great success. We have now gone <laughs> two consecutive rounds of Trucko. Without goose eggs, <laughs> we're doing it. We're but doing again, it. The, the real purpose. What are we doing with the social round? We're gonna throw zero. some more perception at Crab's face. We're gonna learn about like, Dame Parthena Crab is what we're gonna do. Dame and as Parthena you're playing, Crab. your main oh. goal here with a twelve. Uh, your main goal here isn't really to win at Trucko. Your main goal is to win at learning more about the nobles around and mm -hmm. learning more about Crab in particular, since she seems to be a fairly major player out here. And you've got access to her. And it's just friendly chat and banter and back and forth. But she is very, very stuck on the topic of Sebsenia at this mm. point. Uh, her weakness appears to have more forced into a strength, as you, can now, you now cannot get yourself, or can, cannot get her to talk about herself. Mm -hmm. um, and she's talking about her daughter, and she's got a couple of the other nobles talking about their kids, exchanging stories. They ask you if you and Dara have any kids. And <laughs> not don't. yet, not yet. Not yet. Soon. And they just go on and on, uh, Parthena being almost uh, like the archetypal, oh, the joys of being a mother, etc., etc. It's just nothing. She could be a trained master spy for how well she hides anything about herself by just saying nothing all the time. 
Which brings us <laughs> to round four. The Joust of Destiny. <laughs> what are we at? Three, three, and one now? Yep. I don't want to get knocked out, though. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm an old man. I don't want to get knocked out. I, I feel mean, like no that's a pretty good show. No one's judging people for tapping out. Like, no one's going to judge you for tapping out. So it's, yeah. it's perfectly okay. If you want to stop, if Rost was going to take his point, and uh, <laughs> I went three rounds of jousting, and I can only technically ride a horse. Yeah, if, if Dara doesn't want to do what please. it takes to win, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're going <laughs> to we're gonna bow out and go sit next to Anora and watch the festivities. Uh, Dara's gonna go have a seat. <laughs> nah, Dara's done. You go play truck now. <laughs> yeah, come play truck now. You can't uh, do any worse than I'm doing. My wife. I'll go find my yeah, wife. Go find go Dara will go for round four of Trucko and Dara will. You're a Dex. You're a Dex like, character. Yeah, come find like, I'm done me. getting punched. Yeah. I'm done getting punched. I'm over this. But we have Lady Dempo and wife. Sir Stalwart <laughs> both riding high at a lofty three points here, doing their oh, best. boy. The current standings have Baron O'Kara. This is round four. Baron O'Kara is actually at eight. Or no, at, at, he's at six. And Titus is also at six. Both of them have unseated their opponents all three rounds. And they are going to start round four by riding at each other. At opposite ends of the list, Lord Titus and Baron O'Kara line up to meet each other. Titus has an expression absolutely unlike the grinning dingus that you have seen this entire <laughs> evening, as he is full and completely absorbed in his game face. This is his moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the, this moment is the moment where Lord Titus steps up to the plate and beats the National Circuit Jouster at his own game. They raise their lances. O'Kara still smiling and happy. Titus, like his brow furrowed, just like breathing deep, almost hyping himself up at the end of the <laughs> tilt. And they ride toward each other. And as they start going, you see Titus really spur his steed uh, to like the, the maximum speed that it can gallop over this short distance, pulling up as fast as it possibly can over this short distance. Okara sees this happening and said, knows he's riding against Titus. He knows Titus can handle himself. Okay, we'll give him a show. Okara does the same. And both of these two jousting Titans speed toward each other, shields forward, lances at the ready, perfectly stable as they connect. Both of them collide as they uh, as they ride toward each other. They collide and the impact is monumental as the lances wing by and slam into each other's armor plates. Baron O'Kara's blunted wooden training lance explodes. Oh, from the, yes. the sheer force of the impact. It shatters, splintering <laughs> into four, five pieces down all the way to the half of the weapon as Titus is just launched <laughs> up into the air. Yeah! Out of his seat. And O'Kara takes his shield and gets punched backwards 
uh, reeling almost back to a 45 degree angle as he takes it, both for the force of Titus's hit and his own lance exploding in his hand as the handle just goes flying out of his hands. And the crowd, at first, just gasps and goes silent. Before immediate cheering breaks out through everyone with excitement at this spectacle. Baron O'Carey gets three points, two for unseating Titus, and one for destroying one of Count Lothian's training lances in the spectacle, putting him up to nine. And Titus goes up to seven for connecting. And he just kind of, as he comes down from another foot or two up in the air, he slams in the dirt and bounces, lays there for a second before he starts to move. And the servants and the cleric rush over to him. As he gets up, he physically pushes one of the servants away, uh, pushing him down onto his ass in the dirt and stomps off towards the uh, towards the tents. Clearly Aww. upset that he was unable to be victorious <laughs> here. I Inori hope he's not done yet. And Nell are next. How you doing? Three point heroes square up to ride against each other and I think now with how the scoring isn't enough every pair of the three of you has now gone against each other. Yeah. This works out perfectly. Give me those ride checks. Mel gets a six. Consistency. All of Consistency my rolls have been low. What That's about okay. you, that, There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the eights haven't. Anori gets a 14. And Anori, once again, is the only one with not like a minus seven to her ride check, huh. gets the plus two on her attack roll. Nell, AC 18. Inori, AC 18. Oh. Nell connects. Inori, do you also connect? You got a plus two on this. So very close as you come together and there's a whistle of air and the ting of metal as Nell's lance glances off the shoulder of your breastplate. It's bigger this, than armor you're used to wearing. You, this might be the second time I knock you out. You thought you had dodged more than that. You put the shield up and twist down out of the way, but you didn't account for how big the pauldrons on the breastplates are and how much extra mass they add to you. And he catches under your shoulder blade and it twists you. Make a ride check to avoid being spun out of your seat. <laughs> and with the hit, Anori twists and just loses her, uh, just loses her grip and tumbles off the side of the horse, uh, falling somewhat slowly to just pad down onto the ground. And Nell gets two more points, putting him up to five, going into the final round. And uh, after this fourth round here, the cleric comes out once more to try to help everybody. And Dara, of course, you can get this even though you're not participating. It's just a wash of Abadar's holy energy as everyone gathers around the middle of the pitch at the base of the stands. Even those who are just spectating or watching, uh, possibly wandering over from the Treco field even, because I'm sure positive energy feels fantastic. Regardless of whether or not you're actually injured, this has to feel great. As two pulses of magic restore 20 HP. Wow. That was some value. 12 and then eight to everyone in the vicinity. Wow, fantastic. Titus standing just barely at like the maximum possible range. 
to get this. As he dusts off his breastplate, you see uh, almost like some bruising down his arm start to wash away from the magic. And he readies himself for the grand finale. Round five. Brings us back to the Treco field. <laughs> over here in Trucotopia, Dara has come over. Because yeah. jousting was fun. Jousting was a good time. Dara doesn't want to joust anymore. Jousting <laughs> is, is quite painful, and he is an old soldier. It's time for him to come do something a little better. At this point, he is not alone. And this fourth round of Trucco uh, progresses a, a lot slower than the rest, as there are up from four, uh, five total, now nine people uh, coming over, some from the stands and uh, some that have just abandoned the, the the joust as well as Dara have to come over here. And Dara, they were just doing it for fun and don't really have any super vested interest in seeing who wins the grand friendly tournament. So, we'll start up with Kahina. Roll me <laughs> your dex check. See if we can get some points. Are you starting it off with a 16 opening by scoring a point? Yay! Dara, on your character sheet, also go ahead and put plus four, or just four, in your temporary dexterity modifier, because you're also proficient with light hammers, so you get a plus two. And then click the dex button, and it'll roll a dex check with the additional plus two, so it should be really about plus six total. Okay, so in the, what am I supposed to do the attempt? I'm supposed to put in uh, four? Put in a four, because since it's a core stat, it only bumps up every two, and you have a plus two to the roll for okay. light hammer proficiency. So put four in the temporary, because that'll give your roll a plus two. Okay. And then just click on dexterity, and it'll roll a dex check for you automatically. All right. Well, better at this than he is at jousting. Uh, Dara also comes out taps the ball, and scores a point. Uh, Crab, now with this very open field, is finding it more difficult to get to the ring simply because there are so many more balls on the pitch, and also scores a single point. Turn two. Kahina, you are going into round two tied with Crab. Nice. One person got his ball through it, so there's somebody at two. But... Unfortunately, it does not continue this time. She's like, oh, this is my moment. Shoot for a hoop and just lift it completely. Dara. Mm -hmm. Yay! And Dara shoots for the same hoop, just barely glancing off of the post. But it sends it into your ball, which gives him one more point. So that works out for him. You're at two. Crab, thinking uh, it's just sporting and entertaining as everyone else seems to be going for the same hoop, sends her ball directly through it putting her up to three. Third turn, Kahina. Eight. There Again! <laughs> There's that eight I need. You are the eight. I am the eight. Play some eights. Dara. I don't know what's up with the eights. No, I think World 20 is broken. Ooh, Dara's, uh, Dara's Dara. starting to pick this up. And he's just Dara's tired of losing game. stuff. And Dara wants to win a game. Dara would like to win this now. And he hits his ball through the ring he had deflected off previously. Uh, and into Crab's ball, but you don't score knocking a ball after you've gone through a ring. So give him a simple two points, putting up to three. Tying him. Uh, bring up to four, actually, isn't it? You're at four right now. Yeah, four. And then Crab is going to go. And Crab, seeing this, 
realizing there is some competition on the file on the field, sends her ball across the field, taking the safe point to just knock in one of the other balls elsewhere, away from where you can interfere with her, putting her also up to four points. You two are now leading, going into the fourth turn, tied at four. Kahina gets a ring. That's two points. You're at three now, right? Yes. You scored twice in one round. Up to three. <laughs> this is we're go this is the Trucko finals right yeah. now. Yeah. Alright, you're up. Screw the jousting. This is the Olympic Trucko finals. <laughs> Dara gets one more point. Put him up to five. Crab shoots for a ring. Trying to get her to six. And misses. She we might tries have to, to pull some fancy stuff to win. Only tries to knock off a ball through the ring. And just gets one. Putting her also at five. He is still at three. Dara and Crab are both at five. If you hit a ring... You win. Pressure got to him. He couldn't handle it. As he gives that last hit, and uh, maybe just trying to go for the safe route and knock a ball, gets a single point. Crab puts her through the ring she'd set herself up by. Hit seven. Well, it's rude to it's rude to beat your hostess. <laughs> Barely by one <laughs> single point. Edges out over Dara. Hmm. But Kahina's both of you guys happy so she got three. You got three. That's a new course record <laughs> for Kahina. So uh, you both have one social round out here in the Trucko field to try and influence or make a discovery check on anybody that's not currently involved in the Just. And uh, that's pretty much everyone again but Titus, Honora, mm -hmm. and Okara. All right, so... Crab it is. Yeah, you find it's easier to do it with Crab while you're here. And with an 18 perception, what do you want to learn? Um, or an influence skill? see. Um, we've learned about her daughter. Yeah, you know her weakness. I think you don't have any yeah. influence skills for her at all. I think you just have the, the daughter. Yeah, so let's... And perception is a skill you use against her. Perception um, is to learn skills to use against her. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's um, her discovery skill. You know those automatically. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have to discover discovery skills, and then that's just turtles all the way down. Okay. So, so yeah, let me. What what do I need to throw dice at her? Well, that was. Oh, you don't know. Oh, that's what you want to know. You want to know it first. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Okay. Uh, what you have? One, two, six. So I'll roll a d6. See what you get. She. Well, who compared her to Countess Pace earlier? me she is elegant and adorned in enough jewelry to be almost bordering on gaudy and being the giddy socialite she is an understanding of that and the finer things yourself would assist you and you can also use the praise to influence her too <laughs> she is pretty much just countess pays but less full of herself uh what do you want to do dara uh i gotta go talk to um the Sir Sir Ghoul over here. Sir Gusain? Yeah, Gusain, there you go. 
Gersen. Head down to Sergusen, uh, taking an interest in what appears to be a fellow soldier who is less than fully committed to the sporting, the jousting, the trucko, all of that that's going that's been going on right now. And uh, as you approach him, he has one arm kind of almost folded, uh, his left arm almost folded against his waist, and his right arm hanging down loosely at his side, uh, with his fingers kind of in an odd position. And, <clears throat> sorry, like I said previously, he, unlike the uh, the full image in the journal, he doesn't currently have his crossbow on him. Uh, so none of you would know that he has a crossbow, but, but you recognize the position of, your ha of his hand. Uh, it's a resting pose, because it's exactly the same way that your right hand now mm -hmm. naturally comes to rest around the grip of a crossbow. So even though he doesn't have it on him, he's bearing only a sword. Not only can you glean that he is able to use a crossbow and probably skilled with it, he very, very frequently uses and probably prefers to use a crossbow. And the only reason that you could find approaching this man, he wouldn't have one equipped right now, is that either he thinks it's just too big of a weapon to be proper etiquette at a gala like this, or he truly doesn't expect anything to happen. As you approach, he turns. He looks at you much the same way that he had looked at Kahina when she approached. Not necessarily, it's not like with disdain, but as he would regard a leaf blowing across the lawn or a squirrel <laughs> in the distance. You are there, and that is about all the respect you've earned from him so far. Okay, so uh, I walk up and, uh, good day, sir. Uh, it is very nice to see someone of so such good constitution doing such a dedicated job. It is just just very pleasing to see. I admired your extreme dedication to your job. And he looks at you, uh, kind of like trying to size you up, like he's a little bit confused. He's, ah, don't believe that we've been properly introduced. You are the Bethany heir. Count Lothi described you to me. You fit the description perfectly. I don't know what exactly it is you're trying to gain through the flattery, though. I mean no measly flattery here. I am a, ma a military man, and I know a good protector when I see one. And it is very nice to see, as you can look around and see it is a rare sight. He looks up towards the tilt as everyone's preparing for the final round of jousting here, and as he has was wont to do, talks kind of by you rather than at you. He's, Sir Golgisan, County Seneschal, as one of the tributaries of the County of Marat, he'll be reporting effectively to me should there be any disturbances or troubles in stockies you find yourself incapable of handling. Uh, I thank you very much. My name is Toro Rostam. And um, what is your official title? He kind of raises an eyebrow a bit. Seneschal. Yes, is that how you, uh, I, I assume, I guess that's how you would like to be addressed. 
It is very nice to meet you. Do you want to try to roll dice at him, or do you just want to try to come talk and see, gauge how it went? Um, I want to roll dice and see what his weaknesses are. Okay, so you stay by him uh, for a bit, because he's polite enough, and he's not going to blow you off. And of all the people to talk to, you are the one who is being put up as the actual bet in the air. So... You, more than anyone, has more business actually speaking to him. And uh, you spend the time mostly just discussing the bits of the county affairs and what the being a tributary of Stackies would involve as you try to either sense motive or knowledge nobility to learn something about Gusern. Okay, so, um, should I write it? It would, like, roll a sense motive? Uh, sense motive, or yeah, if you don't think you have knowledge or ability, so you just roll sense motive as as your discovery check to try and learn something about him. Okay. And with a twenty-five, that's pretty spicy. Do you get anything for beating the discovery by more than five? Yeah, you get another thing. So uh, you'll get a weakness and also one of his influence skills. So. His weakness is a bit special. You you spend some time talking to him here, and you don't learn about it until after you've parted ways and headed back over to the Trucko field. And a couple of the nobles around from Lothidar, the tribute town nearby, saw you come back over from talking with Sir Gusern, and they're cleaning up the Trucko field now as they're done playing because the joust is wrapping up. And a few of them tell you a bit about him. Nothing you couldn't really pick up on for the most part. He's a very stern, serious man who takes his job in all the county's affairs with incredible uh, severity. He does not, he is absolute no nonsense and they find him utterly humorless and uh, kind of jibe you a bit as having put more effort into trying to get to know him as a person than anybody since the Archbanker. And so that kind of piques your interest. Archbanker. And. They tell you that in the town of Lothidar, the high priestess of the Church of Abadar there, Archbanker Lady Peril, was more or less responsible for raising the man as he's an orphan. And it was as much an equal duty between her and Count Lothid shaping him into the stern seneschal he is today. And if there's only one person in all of Marat who can hold Gisarin's attention for more than a minute in conversation, and it's the Archbanker. So his weakness is a bit different. It's not so much something you can use, I mean, possibly that you can use in conversation with him, but another person, another lead elsewhere that unfortunately won't help you much as long as you're the Tanager Jubilee. So. And then don't I also get the... Oh, and you get an uninfluenced skill as well. That's right. He has. That's correct because you just you actually did a really good knowledge there. He's got. Two, three, four, five, Make note of that for a later date. I I just wrote it down <laughs> in his nice. thing. You already know one of his. It's knowledge nobility, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You would also know that, regardless of whether or not it's a personal care, he does very much. Uh, seri- uh, take seriously any information and understanding of Lothidar and the surrounding areas because it is his job to know things. So similarly, knowledge local. Knowledge local. 
could also work fairly well. But, with only a few minutes left in the stream here, and one round of jousting left before us, my friends, it is time for the grand finale <laughs> of the Tanager Jubilee Jousting Tournament. How many points do you two have? Five. Five and six, right, is what you got right now? I got or, three. <laughs> oh, five and three. Five and three. Well, it is going to start off. Uh, Baron O'Kara at this point has stepped down to even numbers because it is now down to uh, five participants. You two, Lord Titus, the Baron O'Kara, and the Lieutenant from the initial round. Everyone else at this point has had their fill and has stepped down and end. Since at this point, even scoring three, nobody could beat O'Kara's score. He is going to take the bye to just run these last two rounds of the tournament. And our final two pairings. Lieutenant Marina Gortius versus Lady Inori Dentho. Yes! And Sir Nell. Lothied Kasava. Up first, Lieutenant Gordius and Lady Inori. You take now, your position. Before before the the round though, uh, before it all gets set up back up again, Anori uh, took a minute and focused and remembered a time when she was training with her dad and stuff, and he taught her about how to feel everything around you and anticipate things and this and that, and she came to the realization that this armor isn't working. She's that she. She'd rather risk taking a, a major shot to increase her chances to actually score. If she dies, she dies. <laughs> not, 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 I like it. I like so it. I like I, it a lot. She's gonna go back to her her chain shirt and and hopefully be better off now that she can hopefully feel what's what's happening. The horse, the the weight of the lance, all of it. Instead of worrying about surviving, <laughs> you gotta all risk right. it. So you shed your breastplate. Take your AC down by two, but put your attack roll up by four to put the chain shirt back on and lose that penalty. As you take up your position, it's time to score some points. You and Lieutenant Gordius take positions at the far ends of the tilt. Roll me your ride check. Nine. Versus 20. So, <laughs> Lieutenant Gordius, similarly, has been wearing her own armor to this. Uh, she is not wearing a breastplate. She is, in fact, wearing full plate. Uh, like oh a, a, a knight riding into battle. Uh, helmet and everything. With the, with the visor up as she rides forward. And mostly has gotten here by consistently scoring hits and occasionally the unseat while her armor just lances glance and slide off of it. She maneuvers her horse. You ride toward each other. Make me your attack roll. You are at 16 AC now? Yeah. But you don't have the minus four to your attack anymore. That's right. You're gonna need it to get to the full plate. <laughs> huzzah! Oh, anticlimactic. I didn't that's... see a huzzah. 
There's our huzzah. You ride toward each yeah. other. 24 into a oh. 13. Ooh. As you get low, you look at her. You assess what's coming at you and see that she is very, very heavy. Heavy. And you duck under her lance and raise yours up into her shield. Giving 2d8 plus double your strength modifier damage. Seventeen <laughs> damage. Nice. You dip Shemir. and you rise up and put as much force as you can behind that lance. Oh boy, I feel an unsee coming in our future here. Time almost seems to slow as you pick her up and the crowd gasps and thrust forward and covered in full plate as she is, you, like a, what had happened to Titus earlier, crack your lance a bit from the sheer force of dealing 17 Ooh. damage into her torso as you lift her up off the horse. But being completely covered in full plate as she is, she comes slamming down into the ground like a meteor and just smashes into the earth with a spray of dirt and just rolls. And, uh, and then you lose sight of her as you ride past and start trying to pull your horse to a stop. And your lance is just cracked down the middle. Not exploded like it was previously, but just cracked straight down the middle. And after a moment, the lieutenant rolls over and picks herself up off the ground and puts a hand up in the air like she's okay. And the, the crowd's just <laughs> going crazy as you shatter this lance again. And you get two points for the unseat and a third for being the second person to desecrate one of Kalothi's training lances in the joust here. But we have to finish this the only way we can. Quick, as we're at time here. Lord Titus, Sir Stalwart. Opposite ends of the pitch. He gets a one on his ride. That's okay. That's not where the ride's not what I'm here for. That's not what you're here for. That's the, you don't care that much about that. You'll take the loss on the ride. I'm going to roll it anyway. Uh, Titus is 16, so Titus is getting the plus two advantage here as you close towards each other. Give me your attack roll is a 15. 15. And Titus this time does not put his shield to the side, but uses it almost like a like he swings it almost as you Actually, come together and like punches. I'm gonna him. hero point that. Oh, I want him. Baby! Hero oh, point core. the joust swing. That's hardcore. <laughs> Go for it! Reroll that. I came here to hit Titus with a lance. Oh, and I am do it! Hit him with it. my lance. I'll do it again. I have enough. No! <laughs> no, you're not! We're gonna yes. push this man with a lance! You're too I manly am, for me. I am going to hit him. This is this is all of my hero points. Alright, your last oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going to check, because on my other sheet, I have it. If I have three points, I'm doing it again. Three is the max you can have, so... Uh, 
Yeah. I feel no, like it... you spent several before, and you have the one from level three and level four, and that's all you got right now, because you spent a punch uh, in the warehouse. I don't know if you have a third. No. Of course. I did use the, uh, the points. Oh. Yeah, you, you, you've dumped them all. You were the one who's taking hard advantage. <laughs> I just wanted to hit him. Uh, good news with a 16. Titus oh, so uses his shield to punch your lance aside, but kind of twist himself enough that his uh, just scratches off your breastplate. And it's a double, just a double whiff, and neither of you connect <laughs> to each other with the lances as you ride by. I wanted him so bad. I believe. Two whiffs is another run, right? Yeah, two whiffs is another run. It's not another run, but I think that means that Titus and Anori are both at six points. Don't tell me that. I think we literally <laughs> need a tiebreaker for second. You gotta have a tiebreaker for second place, right? The good news about the Paizo Channel's programming right now is there's nobody on after us. So <laughs> we need a tiebreaker. We can't yeah. leave this at 6-6. Six, six. Titus and Anori gotta run each wait, other. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. He could get first place. How? Baron has, Baron has like... eight. If you, like, destroy a lance on Titus... I could win. If you destroy him, he took the you buy. could win. We, we have to do this. We have to have a winner. Do it. Take <laughs> him down. Here's Titus's ride check. You take your positions. You raise your lances. Titus is a 26. Is on his ride check. So don't bother. Titus has to. Well, I mean, you can, okay, I guess go ahead and get, uh, get the five. Get the five out of your system. Get the five out of your system. Good. You ride toward each other. He has the plus two. You're 16 AC. He's 18 AC. Roll me an attack roll. Come on, baby. Come on. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh! 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 Roll to confirm! Come on! Get him back for that Come game. on! Fire! Come Fire. on! <laughs> confirm that! Ah! Boy, if you don't hero point that right now. Oh, please. I absolutely hero point that right now. We must destroy his soul. That's my last hero point as well. Come on. This is the real roll. He has no hero. This is his last roll. He has no hero points on this. Come on. You did good it. enough, Titus. <laughs> oh no! Yes. Yes. Four D eight plus twelve. Titus clips you. Four D eight plus quadruple your strength. This is gonna hurt. Come on. He's about to get shown up twice. This dude oh. might die. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, he has more health than that. I don't think he's gonna die, but he might. I mean, be a unconscious. max roll does he like thirty. He might be unconscious. Hold on. Lances are times three crit. Holy crap! Roll another. Oh no! Times three. Add another one. Are they? No. 
Lance is already told. No, it can't be. No. I think they are. I think they are because Holy it's crap, a running it's charge. Holy crap, You do 22 plus another two, uh, 2d8 plus double your strength again. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh boy. It's a non-lethal lance, but still. Non-lethal builds up real quick. Give me and another 2d8 plus double your strength. You hit him for 37 non-lethal damage. Inori, what do you do? You could have got him. Might be dead. I mean, he's not. It's not lethal. He's not dead, but. I, is are you can you hear me? Because that thing doesn't look like it's transmitting when I your voice yeah, is kind of low. Oh, we, we hear you just fine. All right, so oh, there it is. Honori with her newfound thought on how to address this situation and realizing that it works, and really, really wanting to unseat Titus really bad, sees him coming at and realizing how cocky he is. She gleams almost like she's given him. An opportunity, knowing that he's so good, he's going to see, oh, she's a novice. I'm going to go for this easy shot. Else, while baiting him into it, she ducks and takes it, takes his shot to get a headshot on him and shatter the lance. Against his face. Against his face. And you shove it up into his breastplate, and his lance glances. Uh, like, it catches you in the shoulder. Still as you're connecting, because he did still hit you. Yeah, takes the shot to get closer. So you also take 15 non-lethal damage. I need a ride check from you. Oh. And you stay <laughs> in oh. the nice. saddle. Nice. You stay in the saddle, you hit this guy, and your lance explodes. Oh. Just like Baron O'Carries did. You catch it exactly between plates of his breastplate, catch the tip at the full force of two charging horses, blast into splinters. As you have done his twin third <laughs> of Golo, these charging lances, and he's kind of starting to get low now. But it's okay, because the tournament's over. And as Titus rolls through the dirt, he doesn't move. And the servants and the cleric rest for him. <laughs> he is unconscious. Yes! Titus is unconscious in the dirt. And Count Lothian and Baron O'Kara hurry over as well if they realize that he is actually not getting up. <laughs> and uh, the cleric uh, quickly realizing what is happening here and that he is actually unconscious and he is actually injured. The cleric starts to encant and cast a, starts to channel magic into his hands and reaches down and energy flows through Titus as he comes to on the pitch there and slowly kind of realizes what happened. I believe that puts you at nine points, Inori. That's a you win. You beat Kara. winner of the Tanager Jubilee jousting are you kidding me? not only did you upset the man who was so upset to lose to okara you then beat okara on his body <laughs> and as they make sure titus is okay 
and they cast another uh, quick <laughs> brief healing spell into his body to ensure that he's good enough to stand. They put together a quick winner's platform. Baron O'Kara, he's running this thing, a huge grin on his face. I mean, he likes you guys. I did talk to him. He doesn't really like Titus. He thinks this is hilarious. He brings to you as the victor of this year's Tanager Tournament, Lady Inori Dentho. We grant the Silver Chalice. And he has this huge chalice, like almost comedically oversized in his hands that he extends out to you. And you can see that it is emblazoned with a, a, a rampant owl, the heraldry of the Lothied family. And the second place Titus gets a small, like, palm-sized, but fairly <laughs> intricately carved silver ferret statue. Wait, Titus is still he's in still... third. Yeah, he's third. Baron would be second. Oh, I got a Baron. He would have had well, seven he, points. He's going he's gonna to give it, because I had Baron. He's kind of doing it for fun. Like, he doesn't yeah. take the because he's, like, literally a national circuit jester. He doesn't... He's not going to take the prizes. He's in it because he likes jousting. He's going to pity it too, Titus. He's going to pity the silver ferret of shame to Titus. He's going to take that. And Inori is part of our traditions here in Marat County. And first of all, let us all take a moment and let me take a moment to properly welcome you as my new neighbor here. Uh, I believe Stocky's in the Bentony Tribune is right outside the Akarabarony. Right next door, as close as it could be. We have a tradition around here. The winner of the yearly tournament and a pair of halfling servants come up with a bouquet of hyacinths. Holding it high. That we believe victory is driven by inspiration. By a spirit of community. It's not one man or one woman that wins tournaments like this by herself. This bouquet of hyacinths to grant to your spiritual companion, your guidance, whoever among us here, you would like to be recognized as the inspiration for this victory. Lady Dentho, the floor is yours. Oh. Well, the, the, the man I'd like to acknowledge for the inspiration to win this tournament obviously can't be here, but he was here with me to help me win this, and it was my dear old dad, Dante Dento. This one's for you, Pa! I don't know, just kind of like a confused smattering of applause. And Baron smiles, he's like, that's the spirit of family. Tradition is important, but uh, it sort of meant more literally. You, you hand it to, 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 <laughs> hand it to somebody <laughs> here. You hand it to somebody here, dude. <laughs> Here you go. She gave it to Baron. Now, keep in mind, for the ultimate BM, you can hand it to the person whose body you, literally. Shut up! You're not you. You're not up on the stage right now. Do you want to hand Baron a carrot? You can hand Baron a carrot. Yeah, Baron. Baron. Hey, them, them pointers helped. Yeah, to the Baron, he takes it. It's like, and he just kind of laughs and holds it up over his head. The pointers helped, ladies and gentlemen. Your champion, Lady Inori Dentho. And I think that's, that's going to be it for our session today. <laughs>
Awesome. That was you, fantastic. As, whether you mean it as a joke or otherwise, Okara seems to take it in really good spirit. And he likes you guys. And the fact that you're buying into and honoring their traditions out here in Marat. And that you've proven yourselves to be, well, talented. You've really made an impression on him. And you feel like there is nothing more you could do with this Jubilee to make him any more friendly to you than he already is. He is at helpful now. He is maxed. Maxed so him out. There's your achievement for the joust. We need to hop off, though. Our time here is definitely mm -hmm. over. And again, I'm super glad that nobody's following this. And fortunately, nobody noticed your ring you had on.